This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Two things I want to say really quickly. One, I had some technical issues when recording the start of the podcast. I apologize as I had something come up right before showtime. And two, I'm excited for the changes to the podcast starting in 2021. The biggest change is switching to a weekly schedule and a one-hour length. Monthly guests, improved production, new branding, and bringing in people from the community into the show live. Thank you, and I hope you enjoy the show. AI situation is uh, incredibly uh, bleak. I mean, I think I've been head-eyed by scavs more times in the last two months than I have ever before. Um, it's definitely getting harder, but I think that's a step in the right direction, to be fair. I'm, I'm genuinely I'm no longer uh, blasé about, oh, it's only a scav. Now I'm genuinely scared if I'm like, it's a scav, it's a scav with a shotgun, run away. So uh, <laughs> Most terrifying sound in the game used to be an SA-58, now it's a scav with a shotgun. Yes, that's so true. That's true, even at 200 yards, that is a scary sound, because they can get you there. You know what, I don't know whether I'm, I'm just like, I'm doing something different, but everybody always complains about scavs, and people who will try to convince me to wear face shields always talk about these scav headshots, and it just, it just doesn't happen that often to me, I have to say. Like, I'm not that worried. I had it happen, I was recording some random footage for customs, and I had it happen to me in an offline raid from like a billion miles away with a shotgun. Um, and I was like, oh, this is what everyone's talking about. But it just, it just doesn't really happen that often to me. I don't know. It's, it's weird. I chalk it up on my end. Um, it, it depends on how you engage scavs usually, right? So what I think is happening is, is the shotguns have a, you know, they have a spread, right? So when you're within like, let's say 25, 30 meters, the spread's in your chest. But once they get out, that spread gets bigger and all it takes is one to the face and you're done. So that's what I've noticed is whenever I try to engage a shotgun scab from like 50 or 60 yeah. or further, then it's like, I don't even do that. I won't do that anymore. Listen, the guy I was playing with just before him and I ran a couple of raids, he got headshot from a scav, an AI scav at crack house on customs from Alamo or stronghold, whatever you want to call it. And that's like almost 200 meters. It's just like their AI accuracy cone plus the shotgun pellet cone, like, and just, you just roll some kind of strong, you know, and it just shitty hits you overlap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it happens. It's just for me, it's pretty rare, but it's super annoying when it happens because like what? You know? <laughs> yeah. It's just um like I genuinely on on reserve a couple of days ago, I, I managed to wipe I was doing some mid-tier runs, so I didn't have a face shield, I didn't even have a helmet on. I managed to wipe Gluhar and his his uh guards. And I was super pumped because he killed me twice before that. And I was like, great, I've killed them. Went to start looting. And there was genuinely, and I've got a clip of it, there was a normal scav on the roof of K buildings and he just shotgunned me one shot straight to the head. No. And I mean, I've never seen a shotgun scav on the roof of K buildings in the first place. But So one, the fact that, <laughs> why was he up there? Great, I love it. Uh, <laughs> as a whole new uh, element to the game, having to watch for normal scavs on rooftops. Um, and then two, just so soul destroying i managed to literally kill the hardest uh scav boss and his his guards in the game and i did really well <laughs> i just turned around and just get popped once by a shotgun with the worst ammo <laughs> it's just crazy 
all I can picture is a dog trying to look at TV when you see the scab on the roof. You're like, wait, what? It was. I, it, all of those YouTube videos where it pauses and it shows you it was at this moment. He realized. And I was like, it totally was. I just looked up and saw him and I was like, ah, as I died. So I don't know if like before we want to get into some of the topics we were talking before, if we want to give um, Airwing a little bit of a chance to kind of say who he is, how we started playing and all that stuff, because we've all done it already i mean i don't know if you wanted to do it every podcast church or if you wanted to just have the newer people do it what do you think about that yeah no i think it's a great idea i'm, I'm super interested to hear your story so we kind of took last time airwing we pretty much uh i think it was the first one well you watched it we took yep. like you know a few minutes to talk about our story how we came to this place what we're doing right now and all that stuff just so everybody who's watching all of our streams can kind of see who's talking you know what i mean the man behind mm -hmm. the the beautiful face so if, if you want a couple minutes and let everybody know that'd be great yeah sure um so uh got out of high school served in the marine corps got out of that went to college did the corporate grind for about uh it was an overlap of college and that so i did that for about 10 years um and uh worked in construction uh project management side worked long hours all the time always loved video games i've been into video games since i was a little kid i've loved video games since i was a kid I was fortunate enough that my parents saw it more as they'd rather buy me video games than me worry about buying drugs. So they, they didn't mind me playing hours and hours and hours of Age yeah, of yeah. Empires or Starcraft <laughs> or, you know, Warcraft came out right when I got the Marine Corps. And I, I played through the Marine Corps. Hence, I mean, I've had this this gamer tag I since the original Xbox or whatever it was, the first Xbox you could get online with. Whether it was Xbox or uh, I can't remember which one it was, but that was the first gamer tag. And it's just kind of stuck. Um and uh the uh got into tarkov in november of last year um i think right after a wipe had happened it was pretty early in a wipe but a couple of my buddies have been trying to get me into tarkov for about a, a full year before that and i was like i was playing tons of PUBG and tons of league of legends and you know every, every same thing everybody else was doing in 2019 and i was like man this game just looks hard as hell i don't i don't got the patience for this i don't got the time <laughs> for this and then for whatever reason, I buckled down on uh, in November. I must have been I, PUBG was going downhill, and I didn't really have any other shooters, and I didn't like call, the Call of Duty. And um, uh, so I bought the twenty dollars version, whatever the cheap version of Tarkov was, and started playing. And within about three days, I bought the uh, Edge of Darkness edition and then started watching <laughs> Pestily. You, you wanted and, the stash. You wanted the stash. The stash. Yeah, that was it. it, it never mind the gamma. I just wanted the damn stash. <laughs> Two raids and you were full. But uh, uh, got into it pretty heavy into December. And I'd been thinking about doing content creation for quite a few years. It was something that was kind of always interesting to me. But my the job I worked, I worked 60 to 80 hours a week. So I didn't have time. You know, I got a couple hours on the weekends to play games and stuff like that. And then just through some changes in life and being tired of working all the time and not seeing my family and traveling. And um, I said, screw it, I'm done. I quit my job in March. Um, I had started content creation kind of in January. Um, and then after March, I went at it full time. Um, I'm sure like most of you guys uh, watch a lot of Devin Nash and uh, Alpha Gaming and stuff and kind of followed their advice with, you know, Twitch is secondary to YouTube. And so focus most of my time on YouTube, which I ended up liking anyways, way more anyways. I enjoy content creation more than streaming. Not that streaming's bad, but uh, just the pressure of streaming 
is different. You know, it's not as controlled as putting out what you want to put out when you do the uh, YouTube stuff. So yeah, yeah. Been doing that ever since. Um, finally gotten some traction last two, three months. Super happy with the growth. Content's been getting better. So come on. That's, that's cool, about bro. it. Yeah. Dope, bro. Can I ask? I recognize the uh, one of the flags behind you, but what's the other one? So American flag, Marine Corps flag. Ah, see, I recognize the Marine Corps flag. It was the other one. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Brilliant. So, I mean, military is quite ingrained into you anyway. So, uh, I mean, obviously it's not the real thing, but having a game like Tarkov that gives you a lot more flexibility and uh, uh, a lot more, um, I can't think what the word is, but ability to completely do whatever the hell you like. Yeah, it's, game is uh, a lot the thing that I was the thing that I was the most scared about Tarkov being hard is what I love the most about it. Um, the complexity is amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. That is the word I was looking for. Thank you very much. And I'm a gun nut too. I love firearms. So this this thing's you know it's a gun. And Nikita says it all the time. That's why part of the reason they created the game the way they did is they wanted it to be a you know a, a gun nuts wet dream or however he describes it in Russian broken Russian, but. Um, it's one of the contents I'm working towards the realism, the ability to the, the level of detail they put into the firearms is a huge yeah. attraction for me. I love it because it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's actual pretty act. It's very accurate as to how firearms go together and you know, what does what and barrel lengths affecting muzzle a lot. All the details, just amazing. Um, it makes it complex and it makes it hard, but I enjoy that. Makes it fresh every time you play. Yeah, I think definitely. it's interesting that you um, that you mentioned that you know you've, you've played like a decent number of strategy games in the background because I have a very heavy strategy game focus too um, from my past, and I think I definitely think that that element helps with with EFT. I don't know if you'd agree, but especially things like um, looking at the way that you know you should set up your stuff so that you're doing efficient builds, so that your economy is good within the, the meta game that is like you know the hideout and building your stash value. It's um, it, there's a lot of um, I don't know there's a lot of overlaps I think with that kind of mindset in general, even though it's the actual execution of it's quite different, but it's like coming from the same place. Oh, a thousand percent. And I mean, if you think about, you know, when I'm, when I'm engaging in fights, you know, I, the, my mental picture is an RTS um, picture. When I'm looking like when I'm fighting somebody, I'm thinking about it in RTS, you know, how to, how do I position? How do I get around? How do I flank? You know, all this other stuff um, plays huge in every first person shooter I've ever played. You know, getting older and stuff. I used to be super, super good, but getting older, your your, your reflexes slow down a little bit. So I have to rely more on outthinking people than actually outshooting <laughs> them anymore. So that's one of the biggest ways that this game sets itself apart from uh, arena shooters like COD, etc. Because arena shooters, you die, great, you come straight back in. Two seconds later, you can run and gun again, and everyone does just run and gun, and it's who actually has the quickest reactions. And if you barge into the room, it's who can aim quicker. Whereas I feel like in uh, Tarkov, it, the gameplay is a lot slower, and it doesn't necessarily mean that it's always slow. It just means that you're able to think through, and uh, you can pin someone down and suppress them while someone flanks. You can you can play tactically and actually enjoy teamwork. Whereas, I mean, have you ever tried to get somebody to play tactically in COD? I just uh, I don't think it works. <laughs> other than quickly throw nades at the spawn, I don't really see what other tactics you can have. Yeah, usually you're playing with people who can't spell tactics, so it doesn't work out super well. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely true. I want to ask you, AWM, within your community, do you find you have like any overlap between like uh, ex-military people or people that are like uh, interested in, in that type of stuff? You know what I mean? 
No. <laughs> you don't know what I mean. Uh, I guess, I guess I'm saying, yeah. There's some. I mean, it's there, but the, the my content and my community draws guys from military anyways, regardless of what it is. Yeah. So I, I, I don't necessarily think that it's for sure a crossover. Uh, is more of a for me personally i think it's just is what it is wouldn't matter what game i was playing Mm -hmm. um guys in the military tend to uh um group together and they kind of it's about gravity right you just kind of get attracted to guys that think and work the same way you do so that's i think that's more of it um like of my regulars none of the guys i play with regularly on tarkov are military guys Uh, i got you there's a few but not very many there is like a massive number of like military people that you do see in EFT though. I mean, this is like quite a lot of the content creators that you see are military guys. And it kind of makes sense, right? You've got a game that's sort of trying to stringently yeah. be as realistic as playable and all of the gun modding stuff, which is on, I think the gun modding in, in this game is just insane. That's kind of one of the main features that drew me in. It being really brutally, crushingly difficult and having immense complexity. Those are two things that yeah. I absolutely love because, you know, you don't play Tarkov if you don't hate yourself a little bit, right? <laughs> I, I came from, um, I came from Dota 2. I was like Dota and then PUBG. And um, and Dota's like really, really complicated and difficult game. And Tarkov's kind of got like a bit of element of of both in some ways that, you know, there's as much of a knowledge game as there is about um, just being good at shooting the guns. Oh, yeah. Knowledge is more knowledge is the most important thing in Tarkov, yeah. period. Hands down. I don't care mm-hmm. what anybody ever tries to argue. You'd never be able to convince me otherwise <laughs> that skill will beat knowledge because it won't. I mean, you, if you have knowledge, I mean you see it with a lot of new players, right? They don't understand how, like, and it gets, they, a lot of it gets attributed to hacking, right? How did that guy know I was there? Well, what he doesn't realize is players that have a thousand or 2000 hours in a rate in, in Tarkov, they spawn in on customs. They hear two gunshots. They not only do they know what gun it is, they can probably glean what level roughly you are based on that gun. They know where you're going and they know about how long it takes you to get there. You know, all of that information is just knowledge and you can completely overwhelm people with that kind of knowledge. Yeah, yeah. I think like I think also, the game is kind of like miss miss. I don't know. They don't necessarily realize just how crazy it gets as well, right? It's like how many of us have played for you know so long that you hear like one step that's out of place in a bush, and you know exactly where somebody is, right? And it's just like it is. It's it's crazy sometimes. They probably sometimes people don't even know that they've made that sound, right? And that's why people then get frustrated. Like, oh, I made no sound. I didn't move or anything. But... <laughs> <laughs> that, that's I got actually got a really funny story for that for one of the guys we play with a lot now. Uh, Liston, so when the wipe happened this time, Liston and I went pretty hard. Him and I played, we probably had close to 50 hours in the first 60 hours of the wipe. Wow. We were level, we were level 20 within the first two days. And we were, uh, we were grinding out, um, Rishala and a bunch of tasks there in dorms. And we had just cleared dorms again. And of course, everybody else is like level five and 10. And we're running around level four armor with face shields and shooting T45, which early wipe just destroys people. And, yeah. Um, we're sitting on second floor dorms there on three story right there in front of kitchen. And we're, we're looting and going through and talking and both him and I hear somebody turn. And it was like, you could, both of our guns on our lasers pointed right at the wall of that first door or that first, uh, that first room to the right. And I was like, he's in there. Listen's like, yep. And Liston crosses over. I huck a grenade. I bounce a grenade off the wall into there and he comes running out. Liston kills him and he was dead. And it was a scav. And he ended up going into Liston's chat and was like, yo, how'd you know I was in there? like we heard you he's like i wasn't making any noises well yeah you turned he's like oh that makes noise <laughs> well, yeah dude we, we especially when you're that close and he ended up playing with it he plays with us all the time now and i mean it he's come so far in the game playing with us 
that uh, we, w the three of us ran in, four of us ran into Landmark on a customs raid and Mafia was the <laughs> one that actually ended up killing him. Um, oh, you got him. Nice. Yeah. I dumped a 74 round drum of 762 at him and he hit me in the arm with an ash. I don't know how he survived because he had like, we ended up going to look at his stream. He had like 25 health left, like one more bullet. And I, he laid down in a bush and I'm just, ah! didn't know it was him, but he scared the shit out of us. And, so landmarks popping up all over the place. I, I in my uh, tournament last month, we had uh, landmark uh, accidentally jump into one of the raids that everyone was in, and uh, he wiped two or three squads in the uh, same raid. He was doing the snowball challenge, and uh, everyone was running uh, meta HKs with uh, <laughs> killer armors, and he just saw all this loot and he's like, "What do I do with it all?" <laughs> and it was hilarious because he just accidentally jumped in on the tourney, and uh, everyone was like, "Oh my god, Landmark's in the tournament!" I was like, "No, no, he's just in there killing you all. He's <laughs> just proving yeah, that he uh, right. <laughs> he owns Tarkov." You know, I couldn't believe that. Honestly, I couldn't believe that. Nobody volunteers to go into raid with Liston or with with uh, Landmark, <laughs> unless they're on like his a, team. A good spot to talk about something I've been thinking about. You guys just made me think of it. I think um not trying to like change the subject dramatically but there's a lot of talk in tarkov especially late wipe about balance changes and this gun is a laser and it shouldn't be and this gun isn't like this irl and which that's a whole completely different argument because <laughs> people aren't shooting automatic weapons at each other the way that we do in here in irl anyway but there's a lot of talk about gun balance there's a lot of talk about armor is useless and ammo and all these things but what you guys have been talking about for the last couple minutes is something that I feel like isn't talked about enough. And that is player skill, raw player skill as a player who plays competitive FPS games, whether you consider Tarkov a slow survival RPG mechanic game, or you consider it, depending on who you are, um, another FPS shooter, right? Um, is player skill and um, game knowledge. And just like uh, you know, Airwing was talking about, there's many times where you die in Tarkov and you right away, not not all of us, but just in general, you think to yourself like, oh my gosh, like there's no way he could have killed me. Like there's no way. But then we watch Landmark stream and we see him wipe 10 people in labs. We watch Clean stream and we see him get a 400 meter snipe from across the map. And that guy across the map was probably thinking like, dude, there's no way I just spawned. There's no way anybody could have seen me here. And so we see these crazy things happen, but anytime it happens to us, I feel like it's automatically, oh, the gun balance, like, come on, Nikita, this gun shouldn't be this way. And dude, we really need to hire the recoil on this. Like, this is ridiculous. But the other thing that um, I feel like plays a major role into it is muscle memory. And I think that when somebody uses an AK for a thousand hours, it doesn't matter if you hire the recoil or anything. And like, even like the snowball challenge, I feel like the snowball challenge was a really good eye opener into pure skill and muscle memory and how well it plays. When we see people like Lupo, Pestily, Landmark, using a stock akm with not a site nothing stock mag everything stock and still wiping players like you know shifty's talking about with i'm talking like airframes people getting dropped with airframes and they're running in with stock akms we have to think about it a little bit more in depth than gun balance right um and so yeah. what are your guys' thoughts on this because i feel like i just wanted to bring that up because a lot of it is like oh now what i will say what i will say is at high levels, which is why I brought up the snowball as an example and not their actual accounts. I think that the actual skill percentages, when they add to things like uh, negative vertical recoil and things like that, I think they need to be lower. 
I haven't played too many games where the passives in the game are at the percentages they are in Tarkov. And I think that when you get your recoil skill up or elite or maxed or all these different things, it does add too much in my opinion i think the skills are, are too overwhelming but let's take these fresh accounts where these guys are running the snowball challenge and they're wiping lobbies of kitted people who, and these aren't you know some of them are level 50 you know these guys have been playing they're not just a bunch of joe schmoes who are just in the game for the first time so what do you what are some of your guys thoughts on that i think it's really interesting because i've never actually played with max level recoil reduction so i don't actually know from personal experience what it's like to have it but what I can say is that even at getting halfway through the ranks, when it resets, I can really well tell the difference between what I had before and what I've now got. So even not getting to max level, I still think that there's a huge difference between mid-level and, uh, and level one, for sure. I think it probably does make like it, it does make probably too much difference, I think. But as you said, it's, it's a funny one, right? Because you say, oh, it makes a huge difference and it kind of rewards people who are playing for a long time. But on the other hand, if people are playing the snowball challenge and still killing people, it's what it's what me and uh, Erin were talking about a second ago, right? It's just like the in-game knowledge is so so strong in in EFT. It's it's crazy. I think like part of it is that you know you look at like games like Counter Strike, and it's funny even going back to a game like PUBG, for example. Like yeah, you know, the, the maps are pretty easy to learn. I know the maps are quite large on on PUBG, but there's like there's there's no there's there's no terrain there's nothing there's no on com- them there's no complexity there's no cover at all like there's like it's just yeah. open barren wasteland whereas like you look at tarkov like the honestly like the, there's like spots where you can like you know super lean under a car to shoot someone on all this kind of stuff right and like it means that it brought like in the top levels of the game it broadens that skill cap like so so far so you can have somebody who's got two thousand hours and they'll get beaten like 80 percent of the time by someone who's got six thousand hours you know what i mean like it's it's crazy like there's the skill cap it still exists even <clears throat> even at the high levels and that's what has always been great about again like you know i always love talking about back to strategy games and that you know there's some games that lend themselves to this kind of thing and some that don't um not to say that other fps's aren't like that simply because you know you've got the mechanical skill element in there which Tarkov also has but just from like a strategizing perspective you know to have those kind of differentiators between people who've played an absolute ton and are actively in that you know, vicious rather the virtuous circle of continuously trying to make themselves perform better and always analyzing every death and you know minimizing mistakes like to be able to differentiate between those people is really important and the best games allow players to do that and Tarkov is definitely one of them and i think that's shown in in the snowball challenge that these guys have can be playing completely undergeared but they know the, the mechanics they know where they need to shoot people they know how to handle the recoil they know which guns are, are the most efficient that they're allowed access to um and and that kind of thing i, I think yeah i I'm not going to go, I'll, I'll let some other people talk about this particular point, but I'd love to talk a bit more about the snowball challenge because I think it's um, I think it's kind of been a, a little bit eye-opening in terms of the way that the game could be played. But I'll touch on that in a bit, I think. Yeah, I think, you know, balance is something that is needed for games but can kill them. Um, the, I think BSG does a really good job of balance in the game. Um, I might... I agree. Stand out in a crowd doing that, but as as complex as the game is, they are not afraid to try new shit to see if it's mm-hmm. going to and see what it's going to do, even if it's something drastically crazy like making <coughs> GLs, yeah, GLs, uh, <laughs> the KS twenty three flash car rounds. You know, mm-hmm. just put it in the game and see what it does. Let's let's see what it does and then go from there. And at the end of the day, you know, if they responded every three seconds to everybody's requests for balance, 
I mean, think about it. the KS23. You saw if you couldn't go. I didn't go into factory for two weeks because other unless I was running <laughs> KS23. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, I've been running factory for a couple of days now, doing my my boondoggles with my Ash 12s, and I have yet to run into the. I'm jinxing myself now. I haven't run into the flash shotgun uh, in a week, maybe more. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so, it's got to a good point with those, though, because I mean, with a GL and flash shotgun, it's got to the point where they're balanced to the stage where you don't see them every raid. They're designed to be surprises. You well, see that, them every so often, and it's like pff, whenever you do see them. One of the things that I love about Tarkov is instead of like tweaking the stats of something, they go play in the economy. They make it to where you can only buy three star rounds every cycle, and there's very few people that have the patience to go buy rounds every cycle and build up a stock. And it's the same thing with a grenade launcher. It's the same thing with M61 or M62. I mean, that's why M62 goes for as much as it does, because you can't make it. And it's there's a limited amount you can buy. And that's where I think they really shine with the balance, is that they make those small tweaks in the economy incrementally and just watch what it does. And eventually things just kind of balance out and it ends up running really well. I mean, slick, same thing, right? The end of last wipe, everybody, slicks were everywhere. Cheapest armor you could wear, repaired insanely yeah. well. Now I haven't seen I haven't seen a slick on a juicer but once in probably the last month. I keep finding the uh, new level five prepper armor everywhere. Yep, because it's now a hundred k and it's level five. It's the best mm-hmm. value armor you can buy. But you, again, you can only buy two. So if you're going to run factory, that's what ten minutes of raids if you die both times. So, uh... <laughs> speaking to skills, I think skills are, and it depends on which ones they are, but they mm-hmm. can be insanely overpowered. But I'm on that fine line of your again, like what you guys have talked about rewarding people that put the time in like yeah, having max level endurance true. people might say that it's not that big of a deal i can pull some of the most disgusting flanks on full <laughs> yeah. because they they're like because you can run so far <laughs> and not slow down and get i mean while jumping traverse the whole map and get all the way. And these guys are still looking at the all four of them are looking at the same spot and it's like oh here you go guys here's a vog and they're like oh god there were two of them <laughs> yeah you're right but then on the same side with like recoil, you know, like one of my favorite guns to run, and it's kind of memeish, is the Ash 12. And I don't care how much recoil control you have, the third bullet always hits the damn ceiling. Doesn't matter what you do with that thing. And, but I still slaughter players with it because mm-hmm. you learn how to manage it. So, yeah, yeah exactly. obviously, obviously having an M4 that's got basically zero recoil, meta M4 that's ripping 900 rounds a minute or whatever it is, and doesn't, you can, full auto it at somebody at 200 yards and not miss them. Yeah, that is that. But at the end of the day, what's that M4 cost and what's the ammo cost and everything that comes into play into that. I think that's how you balance that stuff is you just make it hard to acquire. I think the other side of it is less about recoil. I mean, yes, you've got, as you just said, laser precision precision on the uh, HK and the MPX and, and a few other guns. But actually, it's the ammo that makes the huge difference because if you've got a HK and you're running uh, 855, you're just going to bounce off of uh, anyone late game. So I think it's more about the ammo. And I think actually there's, I found definitely with 5.56 this wipe, there's been such a huge inconsistency in the rounds between 9.95 and uh, 5.5A1 that I just, I really hate running it this wipe. And I don't know if anyone else agrees, but I mean, I know that overpen technically isn't a thing or is a thing. I know there's a huge uh, argument on that, but I feel that 995, if you try and kill a scav of it, you're going to shoot half a mag into the scav to to get the kill. Whereas, uh, obviously, if you're shooting a, a ridiculously geared player, you kill them instantly. So someone brought up a point the other day that actually, why are we running level 5 and level 6 armors? Like, why why aren't we all just running a packer? <laughs> because if everyone's running end game loot, 
with end game ammo, why aren't we just letting them overpen us to be able to get the kills off? And uh, I think there's actually a huge uh, argument to that. So, I mean, I, I get the point in terms of the skills and in terms of uh, how that helps. But if you've got a high health level and you've got high stress level, endurance level, etc., and you're running a low tier armor, I think actually you're going to be nine times out of 10, you're going to come out on top if you're an experienced player that fire a gun against some of these uh, later ammos and later yeah, gears. I, I personally foot for the level five armor because I got tired of getting one tapped by AP 20. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it the thing, right there. Right? Yeah. AP yeah, 20 I... will one tap you with level four. But is that because you run factory a lot? Or? Uh, no, I mean, I run customs a lot and you have all the guys uh, and you've the got the shotguns. Cap, the, the flappy yeah, yeah. cap tasks. So guys yeah, run yeah. AP 20s, but you run a new on you run a new reserve. You run a new factory. I run level five on factory because of the SMGs. And it just the you know the hundred durability and eighty five durability Gen four and whatever the samurai armor is you, you can actually take on a four man with that. Whereas if you're running something else, one fight and your armor smoked. But that's the biggest reason for me for running straight up is just AP twenties. I mean, you run into them in shoreline, you run in, in into them on customs, you run into them factory. It doesn't matter. And that AP twenty can reliably one tap in the chest level four. And yeah. Can't level five. It'll level uh, I five think, just laughs. I think, I think part of it too is like, it's going to depend on a lot of variables, but I think some of the main ones are what your raid's going to look like. So if you have kind of like a vision for what your raid's going to look like, it'll also help you switch up what you wear. Like sometimes you're going to go, like for, I'll give you an example. When we run labs, I mean, we'll run four or five, even three to five people. No one's wearing a helmet. The reason why is because in labs, it's very, very common for everybody to be running M61, APSX, like all the best rounds. Now, of course, you are going to have people in labs who are going in there with a pistol and trying to come up and, oh, I just found a labs card. Let me go in there. But it's it's the anomaly. It's not the, you know, the situational thing that happens every raid. Now, I mean, we're all talking about different experiences for me. I actually have been encountering a lot of the opposite. I have a lot of these guys with. 250,000 ruble guns who are running BT in their in their weapons and they're it's taking 14 shots to even pen my killer. So I mean I just actually just the other day I was talking about it in chat which is this is kind of like the chance thing and I talked about it last stream but um about the whole like taking rounds lately to the face and my shield protecting me. But I think the other part of it is like when you come against those players you are going to survive and in my head I'm always thinking like Money is not a, is not an issue. Once you learn how to make money in this game, money's never an issue. So I don't mind spending extra money and giving myself a better chance. Even if the chance is 15% more that I'll survive, I'll run it. Now, not everybody's like that. Everybody's like, well, no, it's a waste of money because a 15% chance isn't that big of a chance. But then the other part that I always think about to myself, if I'm going to die to a good player, they're going to shoot me in the face. So it doesn't really matter at that point what i'm really running because i'm gonna get shot in the face and if i'm running against somebody who's not that good of a player most of the time i get thoraxed or legged or armed or any of that stuff so you know i think there's a lot of variables that play into it but i also think it goes into like what do you plan to do if you're going to get into a snipe fest on woods you're going to be thinking about your armor different than if you're running uh you know just your everyday customs raid and trying to loot with some of the guys you know um so i think that's part of it what do you guys think about that yeah, I mean, that's kind of what, when, you know, you're talking about balance, I feel like there's two approaches they could do to the game, or maybe, like, two thought processes, but one would be, like, they could balance the cost of a thing, right? And that would be one way to balance it, 
or they could balance it by like what the thing does um so like in terms i think i think they should probably do about like a big balance patch like some some point down the line i think they've done a good job of like introducing stuff and then addressing it relatively quickly um mostly i think the economy needs to be tweaked but it, stuff like the skills for example it's to me i don't really like how the system set up because it's very linear <laughs> in terms of like leveling it and it you know as you get higher and higher and you need more and more xp but when you hit level 51 with that skill there's like a huge huge power spike and what i would prefer is more of a curve in terms of like progression like just having like two points of strength is like so so much more like it's so helpful for new players because you like when you throw a grenade at level one strength for trying to jump over just a little railing like you can't jump over it's like what am i doing but I like to it's see definitely the when you wipe, you uh, you feel the difference in yeah. everything that you do. Throwing grenades, jumping, running. I mean, you run in as a level one freight stretch out of uh, you know. If you're by Emicom and interchange, you can't even get into the building without having yeah. to sit down. It's like absolutely <laughs> crazy. Well, if anything, now you throw a grenade and it's like you feel like you're too Superman. Far. And the, <laughs> yeah. You throw the grenade and yeah. it bounces yeah, down the road. And you're like, it's not that... where I wanted it to go. Yeah. I've got friends that are really pissed off that they maxed out their strength because now when they try and jump something, they basically fly through the air, miss what <laughs> they're the going for. And yeah, you on everything. <laughs> but yeah, I, I would like to see the skills. I'm, I, it's not really a big issue to me, like even the recoil control skill. Just because the recoil in Tarkov is very basic and simple, and I'm personally fine with that. I feel like a lot of the skill, kind of like some of the, some of the things you guys were saying, comes down to like movement and aiming. Um, less so about like controlling the recoil. Uh, just because how it works in the game, it's just like it goes up and down, like on every gun. It it's just how it works. So that's kind of my two cents. I I feel like they should do a because I just want things to have meaning, you know. Um, when you just can like make infinite money, it just feels like nothing has meaning anymore. I think the thing that I kind of want to see if they do That'll do a breach. balance isn't necessarily towards changing recoil, etc. It's to making it slightly more realistic. So, I mean, forgive me. I'm, I'm. Although I, I like the idea of uh, firing a gun, etc. I've never fired one, so uh, I'll, I'll take my hats off to the marine in the uh, into the podcast. But um. I kind of I hate the fact that people strap a sniper rifle, uh, sorry, a sniper scope onto a Toz, take it into woods, and kill you from across the map. Like I don't see how that is a thing, <laughs> and uh, it really bugs me when you get you, you're trying to have a game that's ultra realistic and you've got lots of realism in there, but actually people then start getting meme guns and uh, I mean, how many scopes can you put on an Oberes uh, Mosin? Like it's it's crazy how many you kind of put on there, and I don't mind stuff like that, but it's it's really annoying when you kill someone or if they kill you, and you you see oh you got killed from a hundred meters away with a toz, and you're just like, really? I played to the guys managed to do it, but it's well, just you know, like a pain. You talk about the realism side of it, and it's always that that delicate balance between realism and because at the end of the day, somebody shooting a hundred meters with anything. Uh, you know, buckshot, buckshot isn't realistic. And I, it's probably just because of the way the physics in the game works. They can't make buckshot, you know, they'd have to make the velocity of it real slow to where it drops like normal buckshot does. But, you know, I hunt with, or I have hunted, I don't do it anymore, but you can hunt with a slug gun, which is a shotgun that shoots a, a slug. And I mean, you can kill deer and stuff. Completely, 100, 100, completely 100, 100, 100, 100, 100, 100, 100, 100, 100, 100, 100, 100, 100, 100, 100, 100, 100, 100, 100, 100, 100, 100, 100, 100,
The stopping and, power and stuff with lugs is insane. And when you look at the damage anything can do at 100 yards, um, that's the side that's, you know, you're always trying to balance that. You know, if you're running around like you get into that realism argument, if it's real, you wouldn't be able to fix you wouldn't be able to fix a black limb and a, putting a splint on it. Sure as hell ain't going to make your broken arm feel better. I don't want to argue. I can't argue about it too much because I don't have a, I don't like I don't have a good answer to it, per se, other than. My my approach to Tarkov, um, and I think it's why I, have so, I enjoy it so much, is instead of trying to say the game needs to fit how I want to play it, I find a way to enjoy Tarkov in its current state and the way it exists. It's really um, good. And so when you get into some of these kind of broken game modes or broken things in the game, if you will, I just adjust to play with them. You know, if if yeah. when people were running VSSs before they they did the the recoil nerf to them, I, I just didn't engage people at close range with VSSs. You know, if I heard them in dorms, I would wait outside and make them come outside and fight me where they w- didn't have the advantage. You know, if you're if you're fighting a four man, you know, you don't go at them head on. You pick them off from the left or right, you know, because yeah. that's the meta right now, I feel, uh, is squads, right? Everybody's running squads for the most yeah. part. Mm-hmm. Um, and I enjoy it as a solo player, actually. I think because it, it's more challenging, it's more fun. And it, the reward, when you when you punk a four man, and all four, especially when they stream snipe you and you still end up winning. Come oh, that's on. so good. That's so good. <laughs> Listed yells at me all the time because I won't turn my BRB screen on. I won't. Even if, even when I know I'm getting stream sniped. Because, I'm one, I'm not going to let other players dictate how I play. But that that reward, I don't like you were saying, you know how to make money. You don't care. I don't care about the gear. The reward is worth so much more when you you get that. I always talk about this in chat as well. Like every time we're in an in engagement and stuff, and I'm just like, right, where's the advantage here? Do I have an advantage in this fight? Otherwise, like, I'm 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 gonna I'm just gonna go somewhere else, or we'll get into a different position where where I, you know, if I, I don't want to just like go through the map and fight three fifty percent chances because it means I'm gonna die most raids. Mm-hmm. I want to be in like the seventy five percent win chance. So every true. Time, so every time true. I engage into a fight. Or it's that uh, you just throw caution to the wind and go, I'm probably going to die here, but screw it. This will yeah. be fun. <laughs> double peek. I'm a terrible one for double peeking. I'm like, oh, someone just shot me from there. I know. Let's stick my head back out and see if they're still there. Oh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> Something you said right there, Airwing, I think was very, very profound. And I think that we need more of that. And what you said about you play the game as is and enjoy it and as things change you continue to adapt with the game and you play right i'm adding to what you said but i think there's that's one thing that um i played before this i was playing apex legends competitively before that i played rainbow six siege and then before that i played only overwatch so i i'm very very competitive in general um if something doesn't have a competitive type of like ladder this is probably one of the first games i've played where there's no like ladder that tells me i'm a diamond player and I've continued to play it just because of how gratifying and realistic it is and the gun building and a lot of things that draw me to the game. But coming from that background, there's people who come from DayZ, there's people who come from Call of Duty, there's people who come from all these different backgrounds and play this game. But one thing I've noticed in this game that's pretty dominant is that people do not like if you play the game different than they like to play it. Oh, man. And people come into my stream all the time that are random, not my friends that come into the stream because usually we all play together and hang out but there's random people come in and be like you need to do this and you need to do that and why didn't you do it this way and why don't you do it that way and it's very like there's an opinion that is just like a thread that runs through tarkov like 
Tark Nikita said Tarkov has to be played this way. That's what Nikita said. And I'm just like, <laughs> okay, dude, well, this is how I'm going to play it. I don't know what to tell you. Like, but this is the other part of it is like, when we watch the BSG podcast, one thing that I love about BSG is BSG listens to the community, but they also listen to themselves. And they have a vision. Nikita has a vision of what him and the team want the game to be. And one thing that I've hated as a competitive player is I see companies get bullied by the community into making the game easier to making the game uh, less gratifying. And because they're trying to cater to all these players who don't want to put time into the game, they just want to be good. I just want to be at the same level as that dude who put a thousand hours in, but I only want to play 40 hours. Can you guys just make that happen or else I'm going to cry about it? Like, and I feel like <laughs> that has commonly happened to uh, you know, games <clears throat> like Fortnite, games like The Division. I mean, that was a big thing with The Division. They literally got bullied yeah. into making the game less grindy, easier. Hmm. Um, all the hardcore players are like, dude, this game, like this isn't The Division. This is a completely different game. And so... That's one thing that I love about Tarkov is they continue like, we're not going to make it easier. Nikita literally said like two podcasts ago, he's like, and for those of you crying that the game's not easy enough, just know it's only going to get harder. It's going to get harder. Yeah. And so like, you know, that's something that I love about this game, but I really think that's really key what you said only because, you know, late wipe, there's just a lot of like, you know, and it's not people in the, in this podcast. It's not even my immediate friends. This is no one specific that I'm even thinking of when I say this, just in general, there's a lot of whining. There's a lot of complaining about the game and the game needs to do this and the game needs to do that. And like, but the thing is, is, you know, maybe some of us need just a little break and come back to the game when it's bringing us joy because most of us are playing these games and we're doing these things and we're providing content for people and it's giving us joy, right? That's why we're doing it is because, you know, there's other reasons too, but mostly that's the reason why. So if it's not something that's bringing you joy, you don't have to be that lobster in the in the boiling pot trying to pull all the other ones down who are climbing up to get out. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I feel like that's what it is a lot of times. It's like, no, I don't like the game right now. I don't like the mechanics. I'm mad, so I want you to not like it as well. And I'm just like, well, I I really like it, and that's Tarkov is all I think about. So I don't know what to say. And, and you know what? Ninety nine times out of a hundred, those people that whine and bitch about something, if you ask any of them if they ever submitted a bug report, not a one of them ever have. Not a one of them. Think- and that was, that was one of my bigger complaints about Land. I, I'm not trying to shit talk Landmark here because he's one of my favorite content creators mm-hmm. because of what he's achieved and his skill level mm-hmm. um, as far as a streamer. But one thing he never did, and part of it's because he's always super busy, but whenever he ran into attention bugs and stuff like that, he never submitted a bug report. And people don't understand how, how hard it is for a development team to duplicate some of these bugs. The reason they don't get fixed is because they can't duplicate them. I mean, half the time we can't duplicate them. I've noticed lately in the last week, I've been getting tons of mag glitches where, you know, where you're shooting bullets that don't actually shoot. Yeah. And I, it's, I've had it happen once in six months and then I've had it happen three times in the last four days. So I don't know if it's something I'm doing different, if it's something that broke in the game, but all I can do is submit a bug report and hopefully they can fix it. And Mm -hmm. I think like what you're talking about with BSG, that (laughs) is so profound that very few game developers actually do. And when you go look at the really, truly successful long-term games like Eve, like League of Legends or Dota or um, uh, World of Warcraft kind of fits in there, but these games that have been around for 10, 15, some 20 years is because they have their own vision for what the game is. And yes, they do listen to their community, but they don't change their game to make the community happy. I mean, half exactly. the time the commu- community doesn't even know what it really wants anyway. So it just wants to watch. <laughs> That's true. So you might as well make the game you want to make and have the people that appreciate that as your core yeah. community 
And I think that's going to be Tarkov's strength for years to come. I mean, everybody talks about Tarkov being around for three years and it's still in beta. I'm like, yeah, guys, this is this game has the potential to go for five, six, seven years with expanded content if BSG wants to take it that path. Mm -hmm. This game is unbelievably in-depth. It has so much to it. And when they finally get the game to its real state where you can't get to level 70 in two months, you know, or max level, and then and they've got daily tasks, because BSG stuck with their vision and what they wanted, the game's going to be around for a long time. And it's going to draw people to for what it is, not for what people think they can make it into. Yeah, I yeah, think really a couple good. of points on that. Um, Ghost, I, I think what you've highlighted is the fact that actually, yes, 100% BSG have created a game, given you a template and almost a sandbox with a map and a concept, and you do what you do with it. You you have your own build to go and do whatever the hell you want in Rage. It's literally, you can go in, you can farm what you want, you can kill what you want, you can go where you want, and uh, then obviously extract. And I think that's only going to become more and more apparent as the game goes into that whole as we spoke about before, open world aspect. And it's I super, think that's huge. It's it's super funny because like I was watching this Lupo stream the other day and um he was running around and like it happens it happens to everybody and some guy he's like in dorms, right? It's just like in uh, three story dorms on the second floor. And somebody just writes in the chat, camping dot dot dot. And he just goes on this like five minute tirade about ship W, <laughs> you know, oh just, you know, this is why I watch landmark and sit in one spot for five five minutes and he just like runs all through the map to to construction and gets shot in the head. And it was right. just like it was honestly it was so funny. And it's like it's ridiculous rampage that he went on about this guy in chat he's just like get out of my chat what are you all about like <laughs> like shut the hell up and leave me alone <laughs> to like seven thousand people <laughs> and then um i've actually had a point from a chat that they've they said although there are a few glitches and bugs at the moment the worst bug that they never seem to be able to quite pin down and i think it's one of the hardest to fix because of people's um hardware etc is visual rendering bugs and glitches so for instance uh, when you scope in and you see someone and you shoot them in the head, but you're shooting a box that's like four meters the other side of them blocking your view of them, and you shouldn't be able to see them, but you can because that box hasn't rendered in. And so you sit there and just pop off a half a mag before you realize, hang on, I'm not even getting close to them. Or you see someone in reserve up in one of the towers and the tower hasn't rendered in, so they look like they're walking in the sky. And really, they're just crouched in one of the uh, sniper towers. And there's just so many visual bugs like that um and i think there's actually it brings back i think there is actually currently a uh, a rumor going around that one of the armor bugs from prehistoric times has made its way back into the game where people's armors aren't rendering in properly so everyone's now going in and put unequipping and re-equipping their armor again because that, um, the, the other one i heard is that the uh, the double hit bugs back but conveniently enough it's only for uh raiders and scab bosses and minions yeah non-regular scavs they can double hit you now like bs ammo was doing earlier yeah. Uh, so, I mean, th these these whole kind of bugs go in circles and coming back and, and whatever else. Um, and I think that is one of the main reasons why, um, as, again, Chats pointed out, that they brought out the ETS servers. So uh, yeah. the whole ETS and the uh, effectively the um, the alpha to the beta, you go in I think and that you was can one of the smartest patches. things they've done recently. Yeah. I think it is, That's because they're, they're getting so many bug reports and they're getting so many people... Um, coming in and, and playing the game and then getting an experience and finding bugs, et cetera. And as you say, not submitting bug reports, et cetera. They'll, the core community of people that they can actually rely on to submit bug reports and have unbiased, and honest opinions on glitches and bugs. Reliable playing on that server. Exactly. Rather than the person who says, that was a hacker, report him for being a hacker. And it's just because he got killed. And 
that's that's the it's kind of separating it out so you get your core group of people that can actually help support the game and give you that knowledge that you need. I mean, that and ETS it gives you a was, small community to focus on. That ETS thing was such a five head, not just the fact that they did it, but the way they went about it. Because a lot of places they do an ETS, but it's just run around and it's the it's the latest yeah. patch and check bugs. The fact that they the way the ETS focuses on specific things from day to day, like hey, go go do this. We want you to try to break this. Yeah. Is is super super good. It's super good because it shows you that, uh, and not just from our side that it's showing us that they're working at it, but it allows them to focus instead of having you know a crayon box full of colors. They can they've got one thing they're working on that they want to fix this issue. Yeah, I, I think it's a really good thing for an outlet. They basically made an outlet for people who are like super committed to the game and bug reporting, especially the people, the old school people playing this game for a long time or the people like on the the forums um memes aside i know i got like some backlash of some sort and some memes on reddit and twitter but um i think it's a good thing i mean i would i would love to be able to participate but i doubt i would get in just because i've made reported one bug and that's it so i've applied because i want to do my bit to help um Mm -hmm. i wouldn't say i'm an active bug reporter but i've posted vod bits where i've uh, found them like um uh, every couple of weeks i report the uh, interchange hidden pole uh, i suggest you guys you walk in go check your ets tab and make sure because i got when i got in i didn't get like any alert or anything i, I think i had to go look in my junk mailbox Ooh. for the email that said you were uh, that's why they sent out the message saying make sure you check that's your one, actual mailbox on the uh, tarkov website i can't remember how i figured i think i went and looked back at the ets tab and did something else and i was like wait that means i'm in i didn't ever get an email and then there's like a whole verification thing you have to do and um so if you did apply go check and that goes to anybody watching the podcast because uh if you're interested in making the game better that is the best way to do it reddit is the least possible way to <laughs> just post shit on reddit <laughs> well even not even shit post but if you could you can put the most thought out well put together post together on reddit and Downvoted, downvoted, downvoted. Because people don't like the way you play the game, or they don't like that aspect, or they think the game should be more like Call of Duty, or it should be more like Arma, or it should be more like CSGO, you mm-hmm. know? And instead of, and they want the game to change that instead of fixing the actual bug. I mean, I, I have to say, recently I've been, I used to think that a lot of things were down to desync or as uh, hackers or cheaters or whatever. And recently I've become a lot more accepting of my deaths because I've not experienced the desync and stuff myself. Does that make sense? So I've had less and less desync as patches have gone on and they've improved stuff. Various Playstyle effects. There's still a few servers I find they're quite desync. But um, Playstyle affects hugely on what you experience as a player too. Yeah. You can have players that, from what I've seen, if you are a very aggressive Tarkov player, like you push fights, you aggressively peek, you go at people, you're going to experience desync more just because that playstyle leads to experience yeah, yeah. Think. whereas because if you're, you're someone in those who plays slow and creeps around and, and and ambushes people you're not ever going to experience desync because that just doesn't it, doesn't it doesn't there's desync there but it doesn't propagate itself i mean i don't, yeah. I, I my worst experience with desync haven't even the ones that i feel the worst about aren't like the ones where like i i die because of desync right that doesn't i'm just used to it It is what it is the worst ones are when you're like looking at somebody like 200 meters out and they're running and they freeze for a second run in place and you shoot them there and then they teleport forward and then they fall over dead yeah and that that's there is a lot yeah of that as such um i'm i'm kind of thinking of um 
when you so i i'm finding it's more server based i've deliberately honed in on three servers that i now play on that i find that i have the most stable game for where i am in the in the world and um what's really really interesting is the fact that i used to have a lot of issues where you if you don't pre-fire a corner if you so so you say you're in a resort you hear someone coming around a corner you're on the stairwell have to make sure you pre-fire them as they come around the corner because they actually come around the corner a split second before you see them come around the corner and and that's the desync that I always used to get killed from. But I've seen less and less than that while I've been on half decent servers. But I found that if I play on on certain servers like London um, or Finland and a couple of others <laughs> in the EU, actually I have the most horrible games with desync, with lag, with stuttering, with rubber banding. It's unbelievable. So I think there's a huge thing to say about how some of the server farms for EFT are more reliable than others. Interesting. I never heard that before from anyone. I, I was worth trying. I'll send you my list, Gigabeef, so you can have a look and see if you agree. But um, I think it's definitely a, a, a solid point. And I know that there's people in the States that have said the exact same too, that they, they avoid New York, for instance, and, and other servers like that because they have nonstop issues on those servers. And they kind of hone down to one or two that they play on. I've never even thought... To, I might actually start paying attention to that. I've never even... <laughs> Auto servers that. is the worst thing you can have on. Yeah. 100%. For a lot of reasons. For a lot of reasons. Yeah. <laughs> I would say it does exist, um, but it's not exclusive. It's maybe more present in those servers, but uh, Veritas did a really good... He has a really good series. Shout out to Veritas Games, by the way. Um, getting Tarkov. And one of his theories was about the netcode. <laughs> And he basically conducted a bunch of tests where he had a bunch of volunteers next to the same server, like in one in London and the States, like all over the world. And he basically had a strafe in a line back and forth. And he was recording. We all recorded. He uploaded, we uploaded footage to him. He synced it in the video. And essentially what he found was that there's this, um, this metric on draw FPS one or whatever. And it's like player RTT which is like round trip time from when you communicate to the server and the client goes to the server and back and forth. And I think what I gather from the video is that the net code causes a lot of the stuttering and it's um, obviously, but um, it's not really, it's just, it's more of the game design. It's um, yes, sir. It's worse on more, more servers, but uh, it's, if you watch the video, it's just like, it's, I was actually stunned because I actually got to participate in one of, the test and it was so i never noticed it before but it was so stuttery because i had a, a fellow participant in front of me and he was just like stuttering across and we were just strafing back and forth and sometimes it would like hiccup and we would all hiccup and it was just like boop and it was like what was that you know so I mean, correct me if i'm wrong church but out of that video he basically showed that even if one person has a bad connection it can affect everybody it wouldn't surprise me i i, I mean his his content is so like deep i have to like watch a few times to really soak everything in you know <laughs> yeah i absolutely love veritas's content i think like the because yeah. the main thing that people now because you see it you see it all over the place now as if everyone like knew this all along even though he's really the only person who's gone into test it so deeply and i think like the main thing that he he came out of this test with that he strongly suspects because this is it all he all he can do right so he can test lots of things and then mm. it's a bit like he's, he's a scientist of Tarkov. Yeah. he doesn't actually get to see what's underneath he can just do a lot of experiments and figure it out and the, he's pretty sure that he's figured out the the fundamental multiple player game design of Tarkov is all based off the client side authoritative servers right mm -hmm. which is 
is like, you know, you know your position and the server slaves off you as opposed to the other way around. And there's there was um, a piece of footage in that video actually. I think I think it's Tarkov getting the part three, right? Getting Tarkov part three. And um, all right. And in there, there's a there's a, a video from another video of a developer talking about um, I think it's Overwatch, but it's it's one of those anyway. Uh, talking about why they don't do it like that and what it would look like if they did, and it looks like EFT, and it's like the stuff stuttering <laughs> around and people. And honestly, it's crazy. You should yeah. you should go watch this thing. It's insane. And he so hang on. Bit, so what, what you're saying is that it's because so for instance, one person has a bad connection or a high ping or some sort of issue which is causing all the stutters and stuff for everybody else because it's a client not, side server not issue. Necessarily. It, not necessarily. It's, it's not a hundred percent. There was indication that it could, but it wasn't like always doing it. It's com it's complicated. I think there's there was two elements that he kind of like showed in his video. One was about if somebody has a bad connection, then you get you get this weird like peaker's advantage thing. Um, you get you get some very strange peakers advantage situations occurring where if you're already peaked and they peak you, they can kill you before that you know that they're there. But if you weren't peaked yeah. and you peak on them, you'll see them first, just because of the way that like the way it ends up interacting. And like, yeah, one person, even people who have bad connections, they will look smooth to themselves, and everybody else will look choppy. For you with a good connection, everyone else will look okay except for them because they have a bad connection. But then there's also this compounded thing that Church mentioned about this. Um, there's like the, you know, there's a, the various ping metrics that they have up in the corner, right? And there's there's that one, there's like the regular ping. And then there's that second one, which is the the other the other ping that he was like trying to figure out how it worked. And he actually spoke to Nikita and asked him and Nikita was like, yeah, pretty much. And what it is, it's like, <laughs> it's how long it takes the stuff to get from you to the server, the server to process it and get back to you. And every time there's a spike or there's a, a desync or a glitch or a lag or a stutter or whatever, this metric <clears throat> spikes up, right? And he had lots of people like all fire at once, all do various things at once. And it's like the partly the way that unity works and the way that, you know, various like garbage collection works in the background and the code and all this stuff, right? When there's loads of things happening all at the same time and the server has to figure out from everybody else's connection to where they're at. Like the server isn't deciding where people are. It's taking that in as an input. And so there's actually a lot of stuff going to the server. And if loads of stuff happens all at the same time, he was like, you know, there might be a battle going on, you know, you can't even hear. There's like five dudes throwing grenades at each other. And that might make you stutter where you are because there's, you're sending information there's so much to the server, information but happening. the server's got blocked up right in that in that period of time. And so there's kind of like the, the combination of those two things. But I think the, the client authoritative thing was the, the point that he was making the most is that all other multiplayer games pretty much are server authoritative. Server. So they yeah. know where you are, you send your position and the server updates it and tells you where you got to. And in that little video, it was quite interesting showing, they showed like somebody getting hit with a rocket launcher and it was like, your client thinks that you're going to be going this way. But then the server's like, actually, no, you got hit by a rocket launcher and the game unpicks all those frames and rebuilds them on your client side to then redirect you in the the 50 milliseconds or whatever it is between like you thinking what you were doing and then the server going ah no actually that's not true this is not what really happened and you have to unpick it and redo it whereas tarkov is the other way around and um yeah go watch the video it's it's sick true, it's true. honestly I definitely sick. have to watch that it's so I good threw it, the I, threw so it good. Discord. I threw it in discord so you guys can share it on your chats like i did but yeah the funny thing with like what gigby was talking about is veritas wrote this like super long text message to nikita or instant message like it was like six lines long asking him about you know is this what this is and nikita's reply was just yes <laughs> like it was a super in-depth question nikita it was like yes that was all he replied by i know bsg don't like long answers they like one word responses where possible well if you're if you're native language it was english and you're trying to do russian i'd probably stick to one word answers too yeah <laughs> that's true <laughs> duh <laughs> Yeah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs>
um to kind of allude to what uh giga beef was going to talk to i want to say one last thing and jump back to some of the points that were made earlier i when people talk about balance i like that tarkov is not an esport game and that's kind of my fear i don't want it to shift to like some kind of like what ghost is saying like some ranking system because at the end of the day we're all primarily competing for loot and then you have like the sandbox elements where you can there is a ranking system that's true. I just want to point that out. I there did not know that system. for the longest time, which, yeah, it's on the website. You can website. be the number one interchain player if you really want to. Just go to the website and look at the leaderboards. Is it like based oh. off EXP, isn't it? Or what does it? what are the metrics again? Uh, based is off a few things. Um, let me get, bring it up so I can just make sure. But um, there is a ranking system on the Escape from Tarkov website. I don't know if it's still running, but I know, for instance, that one of the guys in my chat was number one in interchange for a good two or three months a few wipes ago. And that's all he did was try and run solo interchange to become number one. And I was like, what's oh. the point? And he was like, I don't know, but I'm number one. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm number one, but nobody knows it. Right? <laughs> there you go. So if you go to the Escape from Tarkov website and you press ratings, it brings up the ratings. So currently we're on Severson 9 and it's just completed and it's the top 100 XP ratings. So a guy called Twitch Arvin93 had 24 million XP within that one season. Uh, with a KD wow. of 30.47, yeah, 1,247 raids and a playtime of 60 hours. Survivor rate 66%. So um, there, is, there is places that you can see rankings and various other stuff. Uh, and it's done as an overall and on individual maps. And there's experience, kill, raids, and playtime. So I think playtime is the hilarious one. One person's managed to spend 125 hours playing the game and did 600 raids with a really bad survival rate, but still. <laughs> it just went in and died. So there is, there is a ranking system, but obviously that doesn't lead anywhere to uh, the point of esports. It's just a, uh, a leaderboard yeah. of pointlessness. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, <laughs> stuff like that is fine. I, I just... My kind of fear is that the way that, especially esports overall, it's kind of shifted into like a personality type of thing with like Twitch and it's, a bad personality. No, like it's it's become less about like teams and like individuals. You know what I mean? Um, like you'll have like an uh, a pro player from a game, he'll retire, become a big streamer, and um. You have all these other people that kind of like follow suit, right? You know, they they get sponsored by like an org. You know, they're playing a game, they're like competing and stuff. Usually an esports title. What I'm saying is, I just yeah. my fear would be that um, the game would be or BSG. I doubt it, but BSG be influenced to shift the game to more of like an esport because when you talk about balancing, you start talking about competitiveness and and things of that nature. Um, but I say all that to say, um. The snowball challenge, hardcore challenge, stuff like that, shifty's tournament, stuff like that is super cool to me, you know, because we're, it's essentially just, like. Just to interrupt the rating system, apparently, if you're in the top 10, you get given free items in game. I don't know what they are. Oh, I've really? never seen or heard of them, but it could be something that everyone can get, like weapon cases or something, or it could be something unique, but I've never heard or seen of anything unique. So I'd uh, imagine it's just a boring old weapons case or something for all that hard work. You get dust cover for 74U. <laughs> I was gonna say that or an eye cup. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, tournaments, competitions. 
Yeah, tournaments, competitions. I wanted to talk about the snowball. I don't know if uh, anybody yeah, else has any other do. pressing things they want to talk about first, but I, I never want to do the snowball in my life. <laughs> I have been fascinated with watching the snowball stuff. So because I've had quite, you know quite a lot of like downtime where I can't play and I'm, you know, feeding the baby and, and all of this kind of thing. But I can watch Twitch streams at the same time. So I've actually been watching a lot of the snowball action as it's been going on. And what I found absolutely fascinating about it is because I was thinking about hardcore and like making the game harder and all of this kind of stuff beforehand. And what I definitely don't want to do is make the game harder for new people because um, new people find it difficult enough. But I think the game should be harder for end game players. And um, most of my suggestions tend to be kind of like making it more difficult for people towards the end because... The balance is already so skewed in, in the favor of, of uh, the experienced. But the snowball has been amazing to watch. And watching these like super, super, super good guys playing with crappy equipment and, and still killing everybody. But more than that, right? It's it's the the way that it has made them play, because you are not allowed to die, you have to carry everything with you. And it's very, it's just very That's Tarkov. Cool. It almost, to me, it has felt like the way that the game should feel. Like maybe it isn't exactly how the game should be, right? But it feels the way the game should be played. It's like you have yeah. to go around looting, you know, meds, food, drink. All your ammo has to be in your backpack. If you have a spare gun, that goes in your backpack. And you've got to balance like the various stuff you've got, the slots you have, what bag you want to take, your weight, you know, all the various things you're going to take with you. And it's like it becomes because it may, it forces you to make harder decisions. It makes the game amazing. Like, honestly, I've loved watching it. Just watching these guys make the decisions about which which like couple of mags they're going to take, unloading various bullets from different things and stacking them up and like optimizing and like min maxing to the nth degree like squeezing that last bit of efficiency i absolutely love watching that stuff and it's been it's been great watching these guys do it honestly i think it's feel it feels so tarkov to me i think kind of touches on you before what you're talking about there is the uh uh it bring for experienced players it brings back that og tarkov feel that brutal scare almost scared go into raid and scared to make decision kind of feel you had before you had all the knowledge you have now you know, it kind of brings that back. It gives that sense of, you know, of difficulty, if you will, self-imposed difficulty. You know, you think about all the decisions you used to sweat way back when, when you first started playing Tarkov, and now they're not even, a, it's an afterthought. Yeah, I think I think that's definitely true. It's funny because like, after finishing it, I was watching another one of like Landmark's lab streams and he was just like, I don't even feel like going back to labs anymore. He was like, it doesn't, it doesn't really cut it after doing the snowball. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> it made him feel so like, it was so difficult that it kind of like brought the life back into the game for him. It was uh, it was interesting oh, watching him do it. You could see it in his in the way his content. You know, I mean, for content creators, it's one of those things you realize is your personality drives how good your product of your stream is, right? And if you're having a shitty time, your streams suck, your content sucks, and you could see that shift in several players when they went to that snowball challenge landmark. Uh, I, I don't put Pestle in that boat because he's always coming up with OG ideas, but um, that. They're not used to sucking. Content. They're not used to being bad on their stream. They're used to being like, look at me, 14 kills in this one raid. Yeah. I'm amazing. And then they're like, I got killed by another scav, guys. It's, just so, <laughs> it's such an interesting dynamic to watch. Being what, what was Pestley's latest video? He was two bullets away from finishing it or whatever it was, and he ends up getting killed. Yeah, it's Although his, it's uh, really his hatchet right. kill on uh, Gluhar is pretty incredible. Right. <laughs> like, mind-blowing. I think because like uh, so, I think Landmark got closest earlier than anybody else, and like I saw his um, his run where he nearly killed Gluhar, and the 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 um, 
the guard with him grenaded him and killed him instead. Yep. And that yep. was like, that was absolutely brutal. You could just see, you know, just the, the will to live just drained from his face. It was just <laughs> on a... <laughs> that was Honestly. that was really that was he was only like two days into doing it at that point yeah. too. i was watching when he did that and every, the, half the chat scream it doesn't count the other half is it counts and you're just waiting for landmark to make the call you know yeah and ultimately he's just like well i won't be happy with it so we're gonna exactly. have to start, start that's, again that's the best part that's the best part is the honesty of the fact that he's like no guys come on we're doing this properly well what's the point of even doing it like yeah. if you stop there after you just died and you didn't extract it's just like actually that's a uh, that's just you accepting defeat, even though you can accept it as a win. It's just defeat. Yeah. Exactly. And he, yeah, he just, actually took the snowball challenge and made it harder. He said, yeah, well, this yeah, doesn't look hard did. enough, so let's change it up a little bit. He tweaked, he tweaked it and made it more, more entertaining, too. Like, there were parts mm-hmm. of it that he... Like, he started the OG one, and it was like, okay, I, this isn't good content. This isn't for you guys to watch, so let's... <laughs> that, was, that was just crazy, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, let's go in butt naked, literally, and just see what we could do and then after a few races like okay we're gonna have to switch it up a little bit <laughs> run around like a streaker at a soccer game yeah i mean it's something that i would love in my head i would love to try it but i already know that i would be awful at it and i already know that as a streamer and as a content uh, producer it would be the worst content in the world to watch because i would just though? get really like... pissed off but oh, okay, because well... of who i am because of who i am like for instance a separate competition but Everyone's currently running the uh, Pestilli warm-up. Everyone's trying to get into Pestilli's Punisher too. And I've given up. I've, I've literally stopped myself from doing it because I know full well that I can do it and 100% got really close to doing it. But there's too much RNG based upon your spawns and how long it takes you to get into raid and how long it takes you to load into raid that the way that you have to do it to do it is actually constantly play factory and accept that you're going to die you know five times in an hour or you you go to rain and find nobody and that's the thing you might not even die but you go in at the end of your run with enough time for one or two more raids and you find nobody you just get an empty raid and you're just like that kills the whole thing and so i i I strongly think that while i was doing that the uh the level of pent-up aggression (laughs) slash the uh disappointment and the 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 kind of uh stress that i put on myself the pressure that i put on myself made me just a really horrible angry streamer and it was just i was disgusted with myself so i've just like no i'm i'm not cut out to play in that competition it's for sweaty chads that can obviously run and gun in cod and it's not for me so uh <laughs> i'll go and play talk off my own way you know it's that's, it's funny you say how that. i've done that it does it on both sides i i've i'm glad i did it when i did it because now with the longer load times with the update everybody's talking about which we're experiencing i don't know about you guys but Raids are going from three minute waits time to five or six because they don't want people yeah, spawning. Exactly. But I got mine done before that. And I, I don't have a huge problem with toxic people in my stream coming in that I kill. You know, occasionally you'll get somebody, but it's like a one off and I just don't even entertain them. So they go away. But when I did that, I did that in an hour and I ran with an Alton and a Gen <laughs> 4 and uh, MP7 with APSX and grenades, Vogs, and, you know, the most, you know, sweaty way you could do that and just make people's yeah. lives miserable. And the, I spent like 10 million rubles just getting my kits ready to go so I could fly in. So sp- spawn starts, pop a melodonin, pop, you know, pop 19 stims and then just run straight for shots. And I, I don't know how many four man, and I got lucky with it because I'd run into four mans. 
And it's funny because you know these guys are in here thinking they're going to stomp on one player, and here comes this dude in an alternate <laughs> gen four running straight at freaking them. juggernaut. Yeah. Right? <laughs> two of the four mans I caught with, I killed three of the guys with a log, and those were the most toxic guys I've ever seen in my entire chat come in. Yeah, one I caught one dude coming around a corner up on top up, up on the office, and he saw me and went to cut into the office, and I threw a grenade right over his head, and his three buddies were just in the stairwell and had nowhere to go, and. I ran in and killed him and then they can't. And the worst part was, is because you're running that you're not picking up loot. So you're just killing them and running right yeah. for extract. So it's the soul hurt of not just myself, but those guys knowing that some like level scav. 10 scav player is going to come in and be like, they're going to find the tag and be like, Where, where's this air wing Marine guy? Cause there's these players are geared out of their minds. And, like they're looking around corners. Is he hiding? Is he waiting for me? Wish there could be some way to witness that because I guarantee it was funny. But I don't know how many four man hearts I broke that night when I, I did that, and I only got to thirty five. And from what I'm hearing, you know, guys are getting 40 uh, 46, and you know, five. And I was going to try it again, but now with load times, I don't know if you can do it. Because like you're saying, it's RNG. You know, you could run into yeah. five single players and two of them kill each other before you even get over there. And then you get three out of the raid and then you get out. And then, you know, you, you, I had a mag glitch in one of them, which means I had to bail. I got two kills and I had to bail because my mag was glitched. I dumped an entire AP uh, MP7 mag into a scav's face and he just then looked at me and started shooting back. And it's like, oh, oh shit. And then you got load times and then you, there's just so much RNG to it. I, I agree with you. I don't think it's the best way to set the tournament up. Um, it's too late. To but I understand it. why I did it. I, I understand I, why I did it because the first Punisher, he had the issue of people ratting and uh, he didn't, it wasn't for fun action. And Pestily is all about that run fast action. He wants people to not be scared to run into a room. He doesn't want to watch two people, one inside a room waiting for the person to push in and the person who's in outside the room waiting for the person who's in the room to push mm-hmm. out. He wants people that are going to push it. And especially if you're going to labs, I think that's in particular why I did it. And And, and I completely get that. But I just I think that the audition is just ruthless. It just I don't feel that it's something that I want to partake in because of how it made me play. And it's not how it, it's just unfair because I can kill, you know, five, six, seven PMCs in a raid. But I do it with single taps to the head with a single tap rifle. I don't do it running gun with a HK and five million mags full of 60 rounders and all that kind of crap. And uh, yeah, I'm I can still get the exact same amount of loot out. I, I just shoot 10 bullets instead of 500 but um you can't do that on factory like well, you can't the, do that on factory uh, at all so what are you gonna say i i and i think one of the things you know i tried out for it because it, it, an opportunity as a content creator it's it's an awesome opportunity right but exactly. the problem the problem is in the last i've been playing tarkov for basically a year now a little over a year i have played labs maybe 30 times I just don't. So play now you gotta go labs a lot now, to try and, and learn so, it. <laughs> now, well, I, I've I've done a lot of offline raids lately, just trying to make sure I know the map. I can get around the map fine now. I know that, but I don't know all the crazy peaks. I don't know the spawns and how what spawns can push what, and you know all that stuff that the top level players are gonna play at. And honestly, I'm just waiting to see if I make it in because if I make if I make it in, I'll probably run labs pretty heavy for the next two weeks to learn it. And I think I can do it. I think I can learn the game in that. Cause you understand that I've got a couple of people I can play with that know labs really well that can teach it to me. Um, but in my mind, what's more important to me is my content and I'm not going to get any content yeah. that I want to make, which is my, 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 my <clears throat> FOS to making content is I don't, I, I don't make content for everybody else. I make content that I want to see. Um, I, I personally think that's what differentiates, it's differentiates me from a lot of different guys. 
and I can't make the content I want to make running labs. I mean, I'm not landmark. I'm not going to be able to put videos up to get, you know, 40,000 views of me running around on labs, murking, you know, double five mans that came in to stream snipe me kind of stuff. So <clears throat> I'm not going to commit to it fully, um, which is frustrating to me because I like committing to things. But the time-wise side of it, if I, I'm not going to spend all this time prepping for a tournament that I might not even make it in. Yeah, I think like, uh, I don't know if anybody else is uh, looking to go into it, but, you know, I, I think for me, I was just realistic about it because I tried to enter the first one because I was, you know, I, I know I know Factory pretty well and I thought it'd be really entertaining. This one with Labs, I took one look at it and some people like messaged me on Twitter and was just like, oh, you should go for it or whatever. And I was just like, A, I don't have the time to learn this. B, I just don't play Labs enough. And I was like, I've just got to be honest with myself that this is not going to be a good time. I'm going to get absolutely destroyed because I just don't know the map well enough and I don't have the time to practice it at the moment. Just with life and everything, it's just not, it's not on, on my radar. I just can't do it. So I'm actually not going to. I was like, I, I would really love to, but I actually I, just can't. Just to be fair to myself. <laughs> I respect See, I'm, I genuinely feel that if I got in, I could be middle of the field. I, I, I love labs, although I don't play it very much. I know the map inside and out. And in solo, I can definitely play it. I know how, I, I definitely know how to run around labs and kill people. And, and I know where to expect them, etc. So I think I could do reasonably well. But I can't, I can't do the... Uh, I can't... I haven't got the finance in my uh, stash and I haven't got the patience to do the, uh, the initial video entry. I just, every time I tried it, you get one or two things that destroys a raid. That's three or 4 million rubles gone in ammo, mainly more than anything else. Um, and you have to then restart and it's just a horrible thing to have to do. So, uh, that's my opinion. I've got people in the, in, in chat right now saying that uh, ghost hates labs. Did I hate labs? I like labs. Yeah, Unreal's telling me that you hate rat labs. <laughs> I like labs. I'm not going to be doing it, but I think labs is a really, really fun map. I also like factory, and I feel like labs is kind of like a bigger factory. So, labs is an amazing there's that too. Like I feel there's definitely. Out. Well, I was going to say, I feel there's reason to go to labs. Like, like ignoring the entry price, etc. There's risk versus reward. I don't feel that there's risk versus reward in factory. I feel that if you go to factory, you're going to get a couple of players that could or could not be geared, but most likely are doing their uh, shotgun slash Mosin slash pistol quests. Um, and then about 4 million player scabs that will nonstop bug you for the rest of the raid. Stick two Bitcoin in your pocket, then you'll have something to lose. <laughs> so, Ghost, why, why yeah. are you not doing it? Like, what, what's, what's your... Like, where are you coming from on that? For I'm me, I, I feel like I'm at a place right now in Tarkov where I really want to know the game even deeper than I do. And I don't really want to partake in any type of... And I think part of it, too, is like me coming from a really competitive background. Like, you know, there's tournaments before, right? Let's just say like the Ape, there was an Apex tournament that um, people were trying to get me to play. But I wasn't at the level that I wanted to be to perform in a tournament. Um, and like I said, that's probably just a competitive aspect. And I feel the same with uh, it now. Like I'm comfortable in PVP. Um, PVP is kind of like, you know, something that I chase in every game I play. Um, although I do enjoy many other aspects of Tarkov or else I wouldn't play it if it was just for PVP. Right. But at the end of the day, I don't feel like um, I'm at a place in Tarkov, especially this is my first wipe. And yeah, I've been putting out a lot of talk, uh, content and I also absorb a crazy amount of content on a daily basis. I still want to know the game deeper and I still want to kind of get to know the community more before I put myself on this 
platform of trying to compete with people who have been playing this game for a long time. Now, that's not to say that's just my own personal thing. Like when people come in, like let's say someone's been playing Tarkov for two weeks and they're just fantastic at the game. They do really good at the tournament. Like there's nothing against that. Like I, I dope, dude. I would love to see that. But just me personally, um, I feel like I want to kind of spend the time instead of spending the time training for the tournament because that's what I would be doing. If I committed to the tournament, my streams would be actually less. And I would have to think to myself, how am I going to make this into YouTube content as well? And then at the same time, what regiment am I going to set up to actually train for this? Because the truth of the matter is you don't just become good because you want to be. You become good because you put in the time to be good. And I know that in any competitive game I played, the reason why I'm able to excel at those games is because I'm willing to play eight hours when someone's willing to play four or can play four, right? People have lives uh, outside of gaming as well. So, you know, that's kind of just my only reason. It's just that really competitive side of it i just want to be in a little bit of a different spot before i compete in a tournament but i definitely I wish will i could play eight hours i wish I'm i could so, play eight hours <laughs> so much more selfish than you though i mean biggest reason i want to do it is i want to show an old fart like me can beat landmark that's all i want to do <laughs> <laughs> i can't outgun him but i can outthink him and that's saying something because landmarks it's not just a skill the guy's game sense and his ability to see what's going i mean there's a reason one of his emotes is a fucking radar emblem right <laughs> And I think even that, right? Like, Landmark is an amazing player. People like Willers, uh, really underrated, I feel like, amazing oh, player. Yeah. Uh, Bake Easy, yeah. amazing underrated player. There's these yeah, guys yeah. that are just like, they're literally gods in the game. Like, if we were to, like, separate it by tiers and we were to say, like, this is where this guy is and this is where this guy is, like, I mean, we even see some of the better people. Like, let's just take the last Punisher tournament, right? Let's not just look at Landmark being at the top. But let's start looking down the list. There's people that placed in 80th place who are good Tarkov players. And they were in 80th place. And it just goes right. to show that there's a lot of people who are actually insane at the game. And sure, there's an, L and, uh, an RNG and there's different variables that made that happen. But at the end of the day, I mean, Landmark has been streaming nonstop for the last nine months, 12 hours a day without taking a day off. You know, right? I think he actually took one off because he got, he got sick or he wasn't feeling well. But I mean, 12 hours, like, and that all comes down into like, the time put in is going to make you is going to build that gap no matter what game you play you know that skill ceiling is there and there's only certain people who are willing to not just reach to the ceiling but actually carve out a little piece in the ceiling and go beyond that and that's what makes them you know these these god players now do i think that you can beat him yeah of course i do i think that anybody now, can now, if they now, put now, in the I time say, when i say beat him i just mean kill him once <laughs> that's a win yeah. that's all it would take bro and then you can wear his tooth on your necklace the beauty is i can set the, the start of the youtube video here and the end of it here and nothing else outside of that matters <laughs> i genuinely think bsg should introduce a new achievement system so they you can get streamer items to uh get streamer items in game but what if there was an achievement list to kill landmark achievement done kill pestilly and then you know I when want. you've done it I want in my next to the hot chicks on the bed in the hideout. I want a place I can hang all my dog tags because I have. <laughs> I think I have, I have a couple. I have all of like twelve hundred dog tags in my stash because I don't. I just keep all my dog tags. So I sell mine. I want to be able to display them. I should do the same thing. I was thinking about selling all of them the other day. I was like, oh, look at all this money just like sitting around in these things. I just keep them like trophies and all the cases. I was so like, why? I've, I've, I've sat down and I worked out using math which <laughs> ones are worth selling and which ones are worth trading. So yeah. it's not worth trading. So any dog tag below level 10, sell it. Any dog tag above level 25, sell it. Everything between the levels of 10 and uh, 25, you keep and trade. And that's the finance 
what's worth trading, what's worth keeping, etc. Well, I also um, started because of the amount of money they go for. I also started my own little challenge too, just on my own thing. I I want one of every dog tag Baron Usec from one to seventy, and I'm all the way nice. to level. 50, I'm all the way to level fifty four. I'm missing most of the sixties, and then I've got I I did that fifties. I did that and then accidentally traded them in and then was whole destroyed and don't want to do it again. <laughs> I was like, no, I pulled the wrong case out into my bag. No. And then, yeah, too late. Done. So I've given up this white. I'll do it next white. Yeah. You know, it's, you're talking about the landmarks. It's Mafia, the guy we were talking about. It's funny. He still has landmarks whole kit. It's like a shrine in his stash. The backpack, <laughs> nice. The armor, the everything. He won't, he won't get rid of it. <laughs> it's acquiring dust. So, I mean, on the same t- kind of tournament line, there's obviously, I, I think a lot of people, especially in chats, are going to have realized that if you go into half of the uh, Twitch uh, data, uh, the Twitch player base uh, in Tarkov, you'll see most of them have a exclamation mark tawny or comp in their uh, title. And I think really? there is, has been a huge increase in the number of people that are running their own tournaments, me included. I've got my own tournament, not to, uh, you know, brag. but um, there is just tons of people that are doing it. And it's really, really interesting looking at the differences between them all. Because if you actually go in, ignoring the fact of how many people they get competing, how professional the tournament is, every single one has a completely different aspect on the way that that host likes to and enjoy playing Tarkov. For instance, you've got Elimination Series. Um, Tarkov Tournaments uh, runs vers- uh, starting a Versus Series where you have a league where you can go against people and you have a certain time limit to go and get as many PVP kills or PVE or looted items and you get scores based on that. You've got doubles tournaments like mine where you go in and you specifically go to one map, one timer, so you all have to face each other. Um, You have competitions like the uh, Twitch Rivals where they do bingo, which personally I feel is not very entertaining to watch from a uh, perspective, but I think it'll be incredibly fun to play. I think bingo would be an incredibly good thing to actually play in, et cetera. And I think there's been a huge, huge um, uprising of new tournaments and stuff out there. So it obviously has in the community gotten to the point where people want and need more content to kind of sustain their need. Um, And I think that's kind of what the Twitch community is currently offering to all of the viewers and uh, people out there in the form of these uh, homegrown competitions. And there is no formal way of hosting them you know, you have to just play on normal servers, etc. unless you're Pastilli, where you get your own server. But um, <laughs> I think it's incredibly interesting the way that they've all popped up. And I'm sure that everyone here has, has seen or at least participated in some of them. Um, and it's it's really interesting to see that they've actually uh, started appearing. It's obviously got yeah, to that stage in wipe. I think it's pretty, yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, we're late stage in the wipe. There's only so often you can see somebody go to labs and kill people. Like, you know, it's good. But I think it's, it's nice to have something new, especially as you say, all the different types, right? And um, I was actually amazed that uh, that, they, that they said that they would give Pestoli, um his own special set of servers. I actually didn't think that they'd do that, to be honest, because it's kind of like edging towards like arena-y, you know, e-sport-y kind of thing. Like, ah, oh, well, maybe we'll have our own servers just for labs. Blah, blah, blah. Well, did you not the, see the, they'd leave the I did, I did, I did. But that was like, it's more like a dev test area, I think, right? Rather than an yeah. actual arena. It's called, it's called the arena, but it's like bits and pieces of, you know, stuff that they don't want you to see. It's like, the sausage yeah, yeah. factory everyone likes sausages but no one, no one likes to see how they're made kind of thing um but um no i actually completely agree with you about the bingo i thought it was interesting because i was like oh twitch rivals you know i like missed the last one i logged in to watch it and i was like all right 
It's three dudes doing separate tasks, not talking to each other. I was like, this content is not good. And oh, great. Was, One guy's gone to shoot a scab <laughs> over 600 meters. Oh, let's yeah, watch him I, aim a Mosin. I just I hadn't really <laughs> thought about it that much before and just kind of like logged in innocently as a viewer without really thinking about what it might mean. And I was shocked. I was like, I can't watch the because I, I tried to watch the official broadcast for a bit. And I was like, I don't know what any of these people are doing. They're flicking around between different streams. We don't know what challenges they're really trying to look at. The bingo cards aren't anywhere to be seen. I had to fish around on the website to even try and find out what they were trying to do. I ended up just watching Tweak stream for like, you know, half an hour or whatever. Right. And I was like, okay, None none of, of these guys are speaking to each other. Um, even and I was like, you know, these are the top top guys. Like they know how to entertain an audience, but they're in a tournament that just doesn't lend itself well to content creation. So it's just boring as hell to watch. And I turned it off. <laughs> I mean, you only had to see on one the other the... side. I would say Landmark, Warren, and Willers was probably one of the most entertaining things I've seen on Tarkov. They communicated the whole time. They talked to chat the whole time. Really, on... and and they had the bingo cards displayed on their overlay. Yeah, wow. they they so did. They it they was put so really much it was really entertaining. Stream. It was more fun to watch that than it was to because they they had their team broadcast. You know how Twitch gives partners the ability mm -hmm. to do a squad broadcast. They had yeah. their squad broadcast up they so you can watch all three at the yeah. same time, and you just completely ignored the fish the official Twitch channel. And it was nail biting because they had people coming in saying that you're neck and neck with Pestilli. This is going on. This is going on. They're in the lead. You're in the lead. And it was that was good to watch. But if you actually watch the official broadcast, you had. I mean, you had one person, I, I won't know names, but you had one person that obviously has done a lot of this and has her own competitions, etc. Great. But then you had one guy who doesn't know anything about Tarkov and has only played for two weeks, who was asking questions the entire time. And then you have one guy, I don't know who he is, I know that he's part of the community, etc., that was trying to help him. And you could just see them all getting really annoyed with each other, and it was, it was just the the dumb leading the, the blind as such it was just crazy and it was they didn't know what was going on they, they i mean they did an interview afterwards and admitted they had a you're reduction not exaggerating. Team all... i'm just gonna add that you're not exaggerating <laughs> they, they, they literally they did a, a, a talk afterwards and they said they had a production team talking in their ear for the entire time and they had no clue because of the way that it was set up what the hell was going on they couldn't even follow what was happening they oh, were just being given shots Exactly. They were being literally in front of them. They have a screen. They had no choice to see what they were seeing. They just had someone who would send them an image. They had to work out who it was and what was happening. And in the whole production of it all was just such a shock because it could have been incredible. And it's not the presenter's yeah. fault. It was just so poorly thought out and, and organized. Whereas if you look at what Landmark did, and if you go back and watch the podcast from the three guys and watch the uh, squad view, it was incredible to watch because they were hyped. Mm. They were really into it. They put a lot of effort into it. They had their scorecards on their stream, so you knew exactly what was happening. And the production level of their stream alone just shat all over the rest of Twitch rivals, 100%. You know when it comes to those guys, though, there isn't... I mean, as big as Pestily is, he runs a pretty low-budget stream, man. I mean, he's got a nice camera now, but he doesn't have expensive overlays. He still runs on a green screen. Uh, he has this... I think he has the stock uh, stream labs the alerts all that kind of stuff and when you look at a guy like landmark right it's he's like this specimen of perfect content creation streamer kind of guy right he's got insane skills he's got insane work ethic uh he's got a bunch of really cool guns behind him he looks halfway decent and he knows how to create good content he knows what's entertaining and you can see that it's not the guy he didn't blow up overnight literally in a, in the world of twitch he blew up overnight yeah. and became as successful as he is, he didn't do that because he was really good. There's other guys out there that are good, maybe even better than he is. He did it because he knows what's entertaining, and you see it in everything he does. And mm -hmm. what you're talking about there 
uh, Chifty emphasizes that with the tournament. The level of effort <laughs> and time he spent to make sure his stream was entertaining for people is why he pulls in tens of thousands of viewers. Mm. And that, that he changed the snowball challenge to make it more entertaining. He realized, okay, I could do this, but it's not good for people to watch. Let me make this good content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's a good point. It's funny because the guy is his uh, a guy like him. It's like this perfect, like I said, it's perfect specimen of somebody. Like I looked, I look up to him as a content creator to mm-hmm. get better at what I do because I mean, just the idea that he plays like he does in as intense and fast and still catches everything in chat. Like I swear to God, yeah, he's a robot. ten thousand people. Yeah, it's it's crazy. His chat isn't even slow mode. It's and he catches somebody making a joke about a mom or you know whatever it is. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> but what about the what about the text to speech? I know some people love it, some people hate it. I actually have come to really enjoy it. I have to I say, like it. it's it's like it. It, it. Sometimes it makes me laugh so so much. Honestly, I, like uh, I really want to put text to speech on my own stream. I've gone through two phases of landmark. I went from hating tech to speak text to speech to his text to speech gives me faith in humanity again because the 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 creativeness <laughs> some of those people in his chat i'm yeah, like it's like art <laughs> yeah you could he could genuinely release a video every single week just of text to speech that happens yeah, oh, yeah. in his stream and it will be one of the most watched videos on youtube it's it'll be crazy funny like it's it's unbelievable what people come up with and, and and the highlights are, you know, he, he foot pedals people and, and nothing gets him. But then somebody says something where he just he stops for a second and looks at the camera and just shakes his head or starts laughing. And <clears throat> and the, the monitor. It's the a other game. Side, it's turned into a game as who can make yeah. Lana laugh effectively. Oh, it's a it's 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 a, for him too. Exactly, I mean, it's yeah. a great business model. How much money he makes doing that is ingenious. It's great. It's I mean, good for him. It's not a jealousy thing. It's. It's, you know, like I said, it's just another one of those boxes on the content creator side that he that he checks all of them. It is like uh, hearing him talk about things that he does that a lot of people don't think about. Um, Like he was talking in one of his streams probably a couple of weeks ago, um, but it stuck with me because he was talking about his own work ethic. And he was talking about kind of what you're saying, Erwin. He's like, a lot of people think that I just blew up. He's like, do you guys know, like how tired I am sometimes because I stream for 12 hours and I still have to do stuff. He's like, like just the other day. He's like, I streamed for 12 hours. He's like, then I answered Discord messages for two hours. And then I had a three-hour mod meeting for the stream the next day. He's like, so, you know, even like with his moderators, he's like, we have constant, you know, we have meetings about what is going to happen on the stream and everything for things to run like this. There's a lot of work behind the scenes that make this happen. I don't just get on stream, press start streaming and play Tarkov for 12 hours. That's not what I do. And then um, even like one of the streams he was late to, he's like, oh, sorry, I was stuck in a two hour meeting with my merch guys. He's like, because they were telling me something that, you know, was happening with the merch. He's like, so I had to be there for that. But like, there's a lot of things that are happening. It's not just like, uploading a logo he's actually talking yeah exactly and uh the texas speech thing was funny too because he's like i literally just changed what i was doing he's like because before people were paying to talk to me because i was doing accounting stuff he's like and now people are paying to talk to me except it's through text-to-speech he's like it's very similar but also very different at the same time Yeah, I think like I think that's what kind of the one sort of almost surprising thing that people don't realize until you actually try to do content creation in some ways is that like people typically tend to either be like Twitch heavy or YouTube heavy, like one or the other, kind of depending on what you want. Like I'm very YouTube heavy because I can edit whatever I like. I don't need to be streaming continuously because I find like my 
I've just I run out of time continuously. Like I'm 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 super super busy, and so I like needed to lean it more towards that that angle. But just like the amount of time it takes to actually edit a video or think about what you're going to do on a stream, or the various other things you're going to do, right? It's like, mm-hmm. and you see the people who just like click the button and stream, and then they're just on. And even if they're really good, they end up with like maybe like three viewers, four viewers, or something, and don't go anywhere, right? Because you need to be creative, you need to be making new stuff, you need to be constantly thinking of new ideas, and that goes. I think that's actually almost harder to do for stream as well to differentiate because with video you can sit back and you can think you can take like a week to edit it and you can add stuff in right and so in some ways it's kind of like it's easier to do because you have more leeway whereas on the stream you've got to do something like you know it's a live performance so mm-hmm. i find i find that quite difficult um it's why i've <laughs> i've always quite um enjoyed shifty's streams because you know you put an awful lot of effort into your overlays and all the other stuff that, that that goes on right and that's like that's where you spend your time and i spend my time like because my stream is very vanilla and i'm just talking to chat mm-hmm. and then i spend all my all the rest of my time making youtube and that's kind of like it's, it's interesting to see like where you draw that line right and it's like people don't realize how long this stuff takes you know like it still takes me way too long now but like when i was starting it was taking me like 10 15 hours to make every single video because i was bad at the editor i didn't know what i wanted to do like even just doing basic stuff i had to look up everything on google like it just ta- <laughs> it just takes so incredibly long to do everything God, it's so good if you hear somebody else feel my pain <laughs> you know it, it's Please. that it's that one time where you've been doing something the same way like if, if you've got a load of uh you're, you're, you're editing a video and you've got loads of uh transformation details and you want to do it across loads of different clips and you're, you're sitting there and you're writing it all in one by one and then you realize suddenly one day that you can copy all of oh. the attributes and paste them onto another clip oh. and you're like that's like 10 minutes saved right there it's those kind of things that those wow oh, factors my, that you suddenly find back. out yeah <laughs> and i i guess i'm i'm relatively new to the content creation thing i'm newer than you guys i guess and i guess it's one of those things that it, it's been a huge step for me to realize is how much more appreciation I have for the content that I've been consuming for years, whether it's live content yeah, or so YouTube true. content. You you learn to pick out the people who actually put the effort into their videos versus people that just slap shit together. And the funny thing is, is you start to see the difference in the success. The people that put the effort in, you can tell their, their videos, you can see it. And the videos are way more successful, not because people understand they put it in there. It's just, I it's inherent part of the process. Uh, and... It definitely had a lot more appreciation for it. I always understood it was a lot of work. Um, and the aspect of, you know, just, I used to work in AutoCAD, which is very similar to the frustration you can get working in video sure. editing, just with uh, the complexity and how things can pile up. And then you learn a little trick, like you were saying, that saves you six hours. Uh, for what we did. Uh, <laughs> and the, uh, so that, I think that's one of the most eye-opening things I've had and really, especially the last three months is, you know, you iterate with each video you do, you get better and better and better and your content gets better and better. You start to appreciate little things like Fair TX's videos or other people that you really understand how much effort it went into, you know, building that scene and how many cuts and clips and how much, how many graphics they had to that edit in Photoshop and things they had to build just to make that, six minute video yeah like the guys who like edit out of their mind like fair and z chum as well as and one of the other guys who um i've you know, watched some of his videos recently and he's like quite small creator but you, you can only make because you can only make videos like once every three weeks or something because they they take so long like the guys who like sync all of the action to the music and everything and it's it's honestly after 
I always imagined that it was quite a lot of work and I was like, these guys are just super awesome at editing. And then after doing like, after doing it nearly, well, it's nearly a year now of my own editing, I look at some of these guys' videos and I'm like, holy crap, these guys are even better than I ever thought they were. Like, it's insane what they put together. I'm, it's, I'm blown away. Like doing this whole, this whole content creation thing has kind of like ruined YouTube for me because even non-target videos now, I'm just like, oh, I like that transition that this guy's yeah. used. And I'm like, oh yeah, I, I really like the way that they've blended this one scene to another. And like, oh look, but the video's carried on, but he's still talking behind. I know what kind of cut he's done now. And I'm just like, I can't watch anything anything anymore without thinking about content creation it's crazy my wife won't watch a youtube video with me anymore because i'm always rewinding i'm like wait 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 i gotta write that down (laughs) (laughs) see for me i'm 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 probably one of the i I don't know i think ghost is more youtube based i can't remember but i mean i think i'm one of the only pure twitch person here I, i have a youtube channel with six videos that are all about my competitions and I put a lot of effort into creating them. But my issue is when I sit down and I completely get that they go hand in hand. But when I look at the content that I could create, I really don't want to create content on YouTube for, for, for Tarkov because I look at videos that other people have gone to get ideas or not to steal stuff, but just to kind of get a feel for how people are doing it. And I don't feel like I'm that kind of person that can sit there and, for instance, Gigabeef, your videos, you're so knowledgeable and you're so exact in the information that you give. I would just be tripping over myself the entire video and, and contradicting myself the entire way. And, and like your, your, your videos on, you know, starting off and your, your beginner's guides and stuff. I just basically do a beginner's guide of taking someone into a raid, shooting them in the head and saying, that's Tarkov. I mean, <laughs> that's, I just, I have, I don't have that kind of patience. I feel like for me, content creation, the kind of videos that I'd like to create separate to the tournament specific ones, which are there to help market and, and sell the tournaments that I'm running are all to do with other things than than Tarkov. I think I'd prefer to do them on how to make your overlays for Twitch, how to make um, you know animations and how little ticks and tricks with stream elements and why you should never use uh, slobs and why you should do this and why you should do that. I feel that's the kind of thing where my skills lie and my knowledge lie. And it's, it's those little tips and tricks as to how to get things to work together, all of those little things that I'd prefer to do videos on. But I just don't know where to start. Honestly, I have no clue where to actually sit down and start. And, and as you know, I've been streaming now for uh, five months or coming up to six months. And I still, every time I sit down and start trying to brainstorm what videos I should make on YouTube, I'm just like completely blank. I have no idea what I should do. And uh, it, it's, it's a huge frustration, to be honest, from I, that perspective. I feel it, man. Because So when I started in January... I was same as you. I didn't know what content to make. I, and I, I leave my, my, I left my old videos up there just as a reminder, just so I can see how far I've come for, with my own editing. My first 15 videos sucked, but the only reason I know that they sucked is because I made them. You just got to start at the end of the yeah. day. If you want, don't be afraid of it, man. I mean, you already put yourself out there on Twitch, make a YouTube video, just make it. And see I mean, how I'm it not, I'm not scared of the editing. I enjoy all of that aspect. I like, I, I like mixing videos together and you can, you can see some of the ones that I've, I've done for the, for the, um, for the, the competition. But the reason that I'm able to do them is because they have a clear timeline and I'm already, I know what I need to put into those videos. My creative lack is, is the form of not knowing the title of the video and where I want it to start and finish and being able to come up with that because I don't feel there's any value in me creating a Tarkov video saying, this is why I use the ADAR. This is why I use the AKM, you know, beginner's guide to factory and any of those kind of things. I don't feel there's any value in there because they've been, there's so many people that have done it far better than I can do it on YouTube. 
And I don't feel that I'd be able to add anything that they already haven't. So I would rather direct them to someone else's video, like in my Discord, Gigabeast videos for beginners, etc. I've posted all of those because I really enjoy them. I think they're really useful and they actually taught me something. So it's kind of, if someone gives me something to do, I can knock it out of the park. But trying to come up with it myself is, is my huge limitation. And that's the kind of hurdle that I have to overcome in getting to be more 50-50 based between Twitch and uh, YouTube is trying to find what market I actually want to go into in YouTube. Yeah, I think like, I think you just hit on it a second ago, though. You're going to be the new Tarkov Harris Heller, right? You're going to be the stream doctor for Tarkov. That's, that's, that's what you're going to, that's what you're going to be. You know, <laughs> I, I, heard, I, heard you get about, stuff. I heard about 15 video ideas in that three sentences, yeah. I think. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Send them to me, please. <laughs> just like anything yeah, I mean, you do I'd on your stream that. that you do for yourself, right? You could, you could like show people how to do this stuff. Like, I don't know, this is the thing, right? You've got the skills in the Adobe suite that I can only dream of. And I'm amazed at the things that you can do, right? And like the very, all, all the stuff that you do on your stream, I don't don't know how to do and i would watch the videos that you make <laughs> let me put it that way maybe that's what i should do then maybe we've just in this podcast we've just fixed what shifty should do be the tarkov stream doctor <laughs> it's like your usb honestly your 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 overlays and your stream kind of like stuff is um is really really good it's super super good i mean i'm, a, I'm the kind of guy that i can't even keep my i have to constantly change shit because it just magically fix, i'm like that old guy get off my lawn with my stream my obs because it does shit. I don't even know why it's doing it. So half the time I just leave my normal screen open. I don't even try to touch the fancy stuff. I mean, I did have a lot of people come in and uh, say that they loved my Pestilly kill counter because it had Pestilly's tournament. It had my kill counter and it had the timer that reset whenever I reset and it looked really good. And loads of people were like, how did you do it? Can you make one for me? La la la. Maybe I should just do that. There we go. Podcast has been damn useful. It's given me a uh, direction to go in. That's awesome. Thank you, guys. I, th- I think, too, like a big portion of it is we can all sit here and hype you up for two days. But if you don't have the will inside of yourself to actually get out there and do it, it's not going to matter because you're still going to put out two videos and you're going to go back to not making videos. So I think a couple things to realize. One, there is an underwhelming amount of content, which sounds crazy. I know. But when you look at the actual numbers, there is an underwhelming amount of content being produced on YouTube. There is far more eyeballs looking for content than there is hands creating content that's just the truth of it there's millions of creators there's billions of eyes so Those right now yeah yeah what you're saying. not it's not just that there's a, they're starving for content only about 10 percent of the content out there is actually good true yeah that's definitely true 90 percent of the people make content just for the sake of making content they don't have a purpose to it yeah it's very true and and which is what my that's what my fear is is making content for the sake of making content that's not good content to watch that's what has, has stopped me essentially is and then that's completely bizarre because you need to make content to find what you're doing i get that completely but i don't want to start down one route and then decide that it's the wrong route does that make sense that's why i decided well, to stream you're better off you better you're YouTube better off just video. starting than not doing anything there was a fantastic because you said before about like you know about if i do an adar guide or whatever and other people have done it better there was like one person who was just like I can't even remember who said it now. It was it was one of the various, like, here's how you do YouTube people online. And they said, even if, you know, there's this stuff exists, it's never been made by you. And that's all that matters. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you can make the same thing as somebody else, but you just do it your way. And some people will like to watch your way rather than someone else's way. And that's just the truth of things. And I had somebody come into one of my video 
comments uh this is actually quite a while ago like i haven't had it for ages someone being like wow this other creator did this video before you and no 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 and you've stolen their ideas and i was like dude i just make the things that i like to make and i don't really think about what any, anybody else does you know if i make the same if i make the same low recoil gun build video as some other guy like it's not it's not stealing content right it's just like i've also done I'm a gun build. Spin on it yeah, yeah. It, and it doesn't matter right and you can talk about different stuff you can talk about different ways that you use it or comparisons or whatever right like it, it doesn't matter it's like it doesn't it doesn't matter that someone else might have done it, it th these topics have never been done by you and so you can make whatever you want and that freed me up a lot in like mentally just to be like right i could just make anything that i like even if even if there's guides already out, and even if yeah, i think they're better than my stuff like if i enjoy making it and i want to get that stuff out there and have it as part of my repertoire of of things like if someone's browsing through my channel and they see that video and they watch it and it's useful then that's all that matters they and you also stumble across content you don't know is good. Like my my most successful video I just had, and I'm not trying to self plug here, but the I just did a customs loot guide video, and you know for being a guy that's only got three thousand subs on YouTube, the thing's gonna hit thirty thousand views here if it hasn't already. Nice, which is absurd. it's absurd. Nice. It's a fantastic video, and I did a follow up for that because in the research for that video, I did four hours. I just did this four hour money race, right? How much money can I make on customs with no keys in four hours? And I streamed it and I did it. I literally, all I did is I cut out all the dead space, you know, the load screens and the, the selling. And I threw that on. It was like a three hour and 40 minute video. Um, and I loaded that up and it is probably one of the most positive feedback. It's a smaller video. It didn't blow up, but people loved it because they could see what was going on, how I was making decisions, where mm -hmm. I was going, what I was doing. And I, for me, it was like, I'm just going to throw this up there and say it's, you know, it's content. I can, for me, it was almost throwaway content. It wasn't intended something that I was going to be. It was like, here, I, I want to get something up. I want to put content to it. A few people asked for it. So until you start making content and you start doing stuff like that, you don't realize how many ideas you actually have. You just don't think of them as an idea. They're an idea. You just don't realize it. And you know, the repeating stuff. I mean, I don't know how many I've made tons of weapon guides and my weapon guides are long and boring because I literally break down every part on the gun that can attach to it. But some people appreciate that. It's a smaller group and there's tons of guides out there. I mean, how many M4 meta M4 build guides, if you type that into Google are there into YouTube, but it doesn't like, uh, like Gigabeef was saying, it wasn't made by you. It doesn't have your flair. It doesn't have your touch. And then you throw in something in there with, you know, your overlays or you, you go that route with that stuff specifically to Tarkov. You know, there are a lot of people that like alpha gaming stuff is meant for like, God, for like Fortnite players and stuff. You know, I mean, Tarkov is its own community through and through, dude. And what people like in Tarkov is completely different. I mean, you could do, you know, overlays for the Tarkov community and, and throw that little touch of flavor of Tarkov into your stuff. And streamers are going to be knocking down your door. I mean, you could probably sell your stuff. There's so much you could you got out of that, man, that I think you're selling yourself short thinking that you don't have ideas and stuff. I just go for it. Yeah, thank you very much. That's awesome. I think it was um I do think it was interesting what you said there, Ghost, about about like having it in your heart though, is that you really do have to be you have to know that you have to buy into it yourself and you have to know that you're gonna do it because the 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 brutal part of YouTube is that you are kind of, you know, you're a, you're a slave to the algorithm in a lot of ways. And mm -hmm. the algorithm likes you to do certain things. And one of those things it likes you to do is upload consistently. And if you don't do that, it really, really hurts your channel. And so you have to kind of like, because there's lots of random things that I've thought before of like, oh, maybe I could start this, maybe we could start this or whatever. But like, you need to know that you're going to be able to make consistent things in there. So you have to kind of like have a lot of content or be able to split it up or whatever so that you can continually produce stuff. Because it's... um. Yes, it's not it's not easy like sticking to the schedule and then always 
producing something on time because if you if you don't do it right the the computer will notice and the computer will it'll hit you with the stick and it'll stop showing your videos <laughs> to people and it's so uh, on that stuff. how how what would you say i mean i know the algorithm is secret but from your experience all of you guys in here how often should you upload to get the most out of the algorithm i personally if people don't mind me going first i personally think you should upload as <clears throat> You should upload as much as you can, keeping videos at the quality that you are happy with. Hundred. Well, in you terms of, is it better doing it at the same time, the same day, every week? Does that make I a think, difference? Or I th- well, it- I don't know if it makes a difference, but I think that you should upload like once a week, twice a week, once every two weeks, once a month, something like that. And I, I upload personally. I upload at the same time at the same day every every time just because it so makes you, it you easy to premiere at that time or you you make it go live uh, yeah, at that yeah, time yeah yeah exactly you, you can you, you can queue it, it up yeah. you can schedule it up so like i schedule mine up for you know the, the the weekend or whatever and then just like let them let them go at that time just because then it's really clear right it's really clear when they're going up and um i had a big um i actually had a big dip in views and pushing from youtube when i moved to, from two days to one day interestingly and i knew this was going to happen and i was prepared for it it still hurt when it happened but it did and um strangely it's gone back up so it seems like youtube's gone okay this guy's moved from two days to one day you know we've hit him with the stick enough he's gone back to one day consistently so let's let him back in and um it's kind of gone back to the way it was before which is which is interesting i don't i don't know it's this difficult because there's so many overlapping variables and constraints within youtube right it's like maybe it's because now i've got more videos on my channel maybe it's because of you know just seasonality effects or, or whatever right there's like a huge boost when everybody's working from home and then everyone went back to the office and and you know views on youtube were you know 30 percent off or something um for those weeks now it's kind of gone back up again i don't know so there's lots of like overlapping criteria that make it difficult to know what whether what you're doing is just you know all the, all the things that you see the outcomes that you see out of your channel whether that's just you or whether that's other stuff um and you know surprising things happen and certain v- different videos do really well when you don't expect them to and videos you think are going to do great don't and that's kind of random but yeah i mean consistency i think um it's it's worked for my channel anyway and when i the one time that i haven't been consistent it um it really penalized me for a bit and i've i've read around because i read around a lot on it a lot when i was in the thought process of like trying to think about how to actually reduce it a little bit. And um, other people have said the same thing that you do get penalized for some time and then it comes back again. And so the, like you were saying too, it's not the end all be all because you got to have quality content. It's this fine line. You've got to constantly balance between putting out a lot of content, but making sure it's good content. I, I look at tons of other content creators, not just for ideas, but, you know, what are they doing right? Or what's this guy doing wrong? I don't know how many YouTubers I've come across that are, you know, they're 1.5, 2000 subs. They've been doing it for two years. They put a video up every day, but each video gets like 300 views because it's just not good content. Whereas you've got other guys um, that put up once a week, but it's amazing content and it's really high end stuff. And I think one problem a lot of people do is they look for that skeleton key that unlocks the door for them. And the problem is, is what works for me or works for Gigabeef or works for anybody won't work for another guy because your audience is your audience. There might be crossover. There might be the same people in the same audiences, but they're going to your channel for whatever reason your channel exists. So if you try to mimic what somebody else is doing, it isn't going to work. You have to have your own understand that. And again, this is where just doing it gets there is 
as you do it, you learn what works for your channel and what doesn't. It's just part of the iteration process. You learn that, okay, if I post every other day for a week, holy crap, what happened to my channel? This is, on, on, I doubled my subscribers in, in two weeks. But then you go and you go take a week off, but something happens in Tarkov, like a wipe, and all of a sudden you get all these views. There's so much uncontrollable stuff that if you spend your time trying to predict it and game it, yeah, gaming, I don't think you can game the YouTube algorithm whether it's by design or just happenstance, I think it's too smart. You can try to work with it, but the more you try to game it, the more it's just going to beat you. At the end of the day, it's good content. That's what that's hands down what wins is good, good, meaningful content because that's what draws people in. That's what people want to watch. And if you do that, the algorithm's going to reward you. Yes, I think that's completely true. I mean, what, what does YouTube care about, right? Like you have to, you have to kind of stand in in the shoes of the platform and think like, what do they want, right? They want people to be spending as much time on the website as possible. They want people to watch as many videos as they can. And they want to show you as many adverts as possible. That is what YouTube wants. So what do they care about? They care on about people who click on your videos. So your, your click-through rate, the people click on your thumbnail, which is honestly one of my least favorite parts of YouTube. The fact that the thumbnail is so important. It doesn't even matter what's inside so half the time. Hard. You have to get somebody yeah. through the through thumbnails. the door. That's so difficult. And I, I'm not an artist at all. And I really hate making thumbnails. It's like by far the yeah. the thing that I dislike the most about the content creation process is make the thumbnail. I always leave it to the end and I always hate it. The number two is then the watch time, right? Your video needs to be watchable. And this is why you can't do clickbait. You can do you can you can entice people in with intrigue. That's different to clickbait, right? Like clickbait brings somebody in and they start to watch the video and go, This is not what I came here for, and right. leave. And YouTube penalizes you for that because you don't get audience retention. And those are the two things that YouTube cares about, right? It's the that's the beautiful pairing of the two, right? You need people through the door and then you need them to stay. And those are the things that make a video blow up. Because the way that the algorithm works, right, is it's it does it's super, super clever. I actually spend a lot of time looking at the algorithm itself because i find it really interesting um in the same way as we find all the complexity of uh you know tarkov interesting or strategy games or whatever right youtube's just another it's another system to be looked at and investigated and researched and you know again to be worked with right it's like you can't game tarkov but you can use things that are more efficient more efficient you can't game starcraft but you can use you know strategies that you know are are more meta are going to work more often than more often than not so youtube is exactly the same you know you've got to try to you just got to try to figure out like what it wants and and what it wants typically is also good for your for your viewers too right it's um yeah, it's, it's a it's a fine it's a fine balance between between getting these things and it's also just yeah, because what was I saying about the algorithm? I sort of lost my trail of thought there. But there's about the actual algorithm the itself. They go to side by side it, the the retention and the yeah yeah. So what the algorithm what the algorithm does and the way that it works is that it will even if you're small and this is why it's actually quite difficult as a small creator. You need to basically make like twenty or thirty videos before the algorithm even goes like you're a serious person and I'm mm-hmm. going to even bother showing your videos to people. Like you could you should almost make lower quality content to begin with just to start and get there because once you hit like 20 or 30 videos the, the algorithm's like okay this guy wants to give it a go you know he's put he's, he's serious he's uploaded 20 videos one every week or you know t- two a week for, for 10 weeks or 20 weeks let's give him a shot and then what they do is they start putting videos in front of people and they say do they click on them do they stay on them and if they do they show them to a slightly wider audience and then this is how all the youtube uh, uh, um, uh, videos work with the algorithm is that they they show them out to your your subscriber like when you've got a bigger a bigger fan base but it's easier because they don't have to have this sample because you've got already your subscribers do the subscribers click on it and like it yes do the other people who have watched the videos before but aren't subscribed like it and, and stay yes 
Then they go to the next stage, right? Who watches all the other creators? Who who likes Tarkov videos? We'll show it to them. And it just keeps going broader and broader and broader until eventually people don't want to watch it anymore because it's trying to ask, you know, a video that's really, really good in EFT might get like 500,000 views because pretty much everyone who's actively playing EFT has seen it. Then it shows it out to people who play COD and CS and no one clicks on the video, right? And so that's where it stops. Whereas a, a video that goes like proper, proper viral is just gets clicked on by everybody. Everybody likes it. Everyone loves the thumbnail. Everyone likes the, the, the title and everybody likes the content. And that's why you know the ones that you see on the homepage where it's like you know biggest water balloon gets popped by a pin or whatever and it's like <laughs> everybody will watch that video and and if you do it well and you do it in a, in a really really good way it can blow up and get 25 million views because it, the the audience for that video is huge if you if you if everything is absolutely immaculate but like that's the only real way that, that a video is going to go like insane like that mm-hmm. or, that's, alien. or you got sorry or you got a picture of an alien or something yeah, so yeah, exactly. I was it's thinking so, more a half naked lady, but still. <laughs> you do that, unfortunately. I'd be paying college chicks to just stand behind me if that worked. <laughs> <laughs> but that's my experience, anyway. That's incredibly useful. I mean, that's it's a huge insight. So I'd already planned um, to, because uh, I'm I currently stream five days a week. I'd already planned to uh, cut that down to four days a week, so it gives me a day to concentrate on content creation. I just, uh, I'd been racking my brains for weeks to try and work out exactly the kind of what I wanted to do. And I think this has given me a good nudge in the right direction. I know full well that I've got the commitment to do it. And I know full well that I've got the, uh, the ability to do it. Um, it's just this thing proving to myself that I can split my time between Twitch and YouTube and still make, because I'm, I'm very much, a, I, I love talking to chat. If you watch me stream, I'm always talking to the people in chat. I'm always responding to them, et cetera. And, and I love that communication. And I don't want to uh, lessen, even though I'm dropping a day, I don't want to lessen that connection by taking more time off to create videos that might not necessarily interest them. If that makes sense. I'm huge about trying to keep my community happy, if that makes sense. So uh, it'd it'd be interesting to see how it goes. But I'm sure this time next month, we'll be able to uh, look at um, whether I succeeded in making videos or not. And you can all uh, berate me if I haven't. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the beauty about Tarkov is the good and bad about it is that the community is so specific that you get really good SEO, which is great for someone starting out. You can really, yeah. ta- and that's where you start off as a small content creator is SEO because the algorithm isn't going to push your shit. It just doesn't, has no reason to, but, and that's the best thing is you don't have to compete with, you don't have to compete with Pestily or Landmark or Fair TX because they don't, they don't, they don't really care about SEO. And I can say that hundred percent because I can look at their SEO. They don't try that hard, mm-hmm. especially Landmark doesn't try at all. Sorry, what's and SEO for Ghost? Because you DM me, so you didn't know. Sorry, search engine optimization. Search engine optimization. Oh, okay. Basically, when somebody types something into YouTube, your stuff shows up at the top. I gotcha. Oh, interesting. Okay. Versus first, and so that's search, right? That's very specific. And search mm-hmm. doesn't care about how big you are. There's I no, it, they don't. Uh, monetization, all of that stuff doesn't affect search. Whereas it, uh, it's huge with uh, the algorithm. You get this huge once you get monetized, once you get that partner with YouTube, you see a huge boost in your videos because now YouTube wants to push your stuff because they make money on it. They don't make they didn't things are changing a little bit now, but they didn't used to make money on non-monetized streams, right? right? So they don't right. want to push your stuff. They don't want people watching that over stuff they make money on. I see. I understand. But, um so but all big content creators depend on the algorithm because that's how you get tons of views. Right. You want to be on people's next screens and the the front page and this, that, and the other. If somebody clicks on Escape from Tarkov, you know, the home screen there, you're there. So as a small content creator, you're not competing with those people because they're not caring about SEO. And that's how I don't know how about how you started Gigabeef. That's how I got started. I just started, I went and looked <laughs> stuff that had 
small video, small amounts of videos that didn't have a lot of content in them that I could really climb the SEO on. And that's what I made a video on just to get exposure. And then on top of that, I made my, my economy videos, um, which I did for fun because we talked about it in discord and I had no idea that was going to be, that ended up being the anchor of my channel. Now that's what everybody comes to my channel for is, you know, how do you make money in Tarkov? And I didn't even start out that way. Out of curiosity, yeah. how did how did you start then? Uh, weapon your... guides, okay. weapon guides. Yeah. You know how to put because that's one thing everybody struggled with. Before the with. preset, before they yeah. build the preset element, it was a huge thing. Oh, like that bad. everyone would go to YouTube to learn how to do it, especially for the uh, gunsmith quest and stuff. And people didn't know how to put gun. I mean, guns go together like real guns, and a lot of people, especially people that aren't Americans, they don't handle guns like this every day. I mean, mm. I, I have about I have ten guns that I have that are in actually in Tarkov. Um, so the way they take apart and go together is the way they work in real life. So it makes perfect sense to me, but somebody who's never touched mm -hmm. an M4 before, they're like, wait, why is there, what's this upper part in the, why yeah. does the barrel, why, why does the handguard only go on with the barrel? And why is this handguard not work with this? But you know, all of that mm -hmm. stuff, I was like, oh, let's just make videos on that. And that's, that's what ended up working on the SEO side for me. And I still make videos cool. like that, but the stuff that, what drove me is when you go into anybody's stream, half the questions are how do you make money? Or how, how do you have as much money as you have? That's half the questions on any stream. That's true. And um, Definitely not the question on my stream. No one asked me how I make any money because I don't have any. <laughs> well, the best part about it is, is when somebody asks Pestily or a guy like Pestily who even tries to answer questions well, his usual answer is don't die. And I, I get it. I, you, get you, got, you got 6,000 people in your chat. You can't get into details about that. But that's not fair. That doesn't answer the question. You know, sure. surviving is a big part of making money, but there's so many other ways, mm -hmm. which is why I got so nerded out on the economy side <laughs> is I didn't realize how complex it could be even after they did the founding rate stuff. Um, and how much before they did the founding rate stuff, I had people that I knew that literally played Tarkov for the economy. They didn't play the game at all. They mm -hmm. didn't go into raids. It was purely everything on the economy. It was hilarious. And I'm kind the of... <laughs> more towards that kind of player <laughs> yeah. i'm in this conversation and i don't like it the and it's not because you have to do it i just I, it's fun for me it's a it's a it's a mini game inside the game you know rushing to get the, the hideout upgraded and all the stuff and it's funny because all these people that have problems i don't have early white because that was the first thing i did early wipe was focus getting my hideout upgraded so when everybody else is scrambled i i bought all my letics at like 300k because i bought them in the first week yeah, and that's so like smart that. to do. And part of it's the content. You know, I wanted to make hideout content. You know, it's my I make those videos on, you know, what's the most profitable thing to make in your hideout. And some people sneer at it, but it's like the workbench alone makes more than makes five times as much as the Bitcoin farm does that's fully upgraded. And wow. all you gotta do is buy your components. You don't even have to do anything. And it's just something that helps people inside the game um enjoy the game more. In my opinion, that's what it is. That's the key to enjoying Tarkov is knowing how to make money. Once you know how to do that, you can actually enjoy the other stuff about the game because you're not so damn scared about losing that penis helmet you found on the ground. Yeah, I I would say for me, you know, I've only very recently just started learning about content creation and, and dabbling in and such. One of the shifts in mentality for me was that um, it's less about what content I want to make. It's what kind of value am I giving to the viewer? And for me, like when I saw your videos, I was like, wow, this is like 
super cool because it's there's tons of value and then it's like also i don't think i've ever i've seen anyone go in like as much depth as you have on your videos um yeah i i, I think your videos are super cool man I, I really i i keep up with uh a couple of them you know myself but yeah dude no i appreciate it that and it's it's you're right you make that content that uh um not people just need but they enjoy um mm-hmm. and I, I there's there's guys that have never even paid attention i've guys that come in and say they've never even paid they, they didn't even upgrade their hideout they're level 65 have 200 million and never even touched their hideout and they're like dude like i'm upgrading my hideout now because i watched your video this stuff's kind of fun this is cool <laughs> and i'm like let's well, it, it builds to the community it makes tarkov a better place the more people that are involved in it cool 100 right guys i'm i'm actually gonna have to split i'm afraid we're like yeah, a little bit uh, over time on yeah, my yeah. end so oh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to love you and leave you i'm afraid <laughs> thanks Kiki. real life it's, real his, life shift. it's his shift <laughs> <laughs> it was lovely you seeing you giga beef though it's always a pleasure it's always a pleasure are we nice uh, are we are we calling it time now or are we carrying on or, or what, what do you guys want to do yeah i think so unless anyone's got any other closing thoughts or anything else like to say I got to nerd out on the economy a little bit, even though it was at the end. <laughs> no, that's all right. <laughs> I think it's been great having you. Cool. Yeah, dude. I really really enjoyed it. Yeah, thank lot. you very much for joining. It's been awesome. All right. Thank you guys very much for the invite and letting me be included in this. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> Brilliant. So same time next month. Sounds right. Yeah, for sure. I'll, um, I'll have something for you guys in a couple of weeks and, uh, yeah, I'll let everyone go though. I know we've been long, so, uh, thank you guys for watching. <laughs> Have a cool, good night, no everyone. Are you guys Sorry for cutting good. it short for everyone? Nah, you're good. You're good. <laughs> That's all right. See you guys. <laughs> you guys later. Good meeting you guys too.